How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a great day because today we have a story of the worst neighbors ever. Do you think you have bad neighbors? Do you think that you know someone who has bad neighbors? Wrong. These are the worst neighbors ever. So sit back, relax, subscribe to the channel if you're new. And we're calling the, the subscriber who submitted this story, Sophia. So anyways, right, this happened a couple years ago. Sophia and her mom and her dad lived on this neighborhood and the house next to them, it was always going for sale. It always seemed like whenever someone would buy the house, they would immediately try and flip it, as it was actually quite a nice house. Sophia's house was pretty normal. She lived pretty normally, but the house next to her was like an extremely nice house. No one totally knows why that house happened to be there in their neighborhood, but, you know, no complaints, it looks nice, whatever. And it just seemed like they never really had neighbors. So one day, right, you know, you know, Sophia's mom said, hey, like, you know, someone bought the house a couple weeks ago, and it really does look like they're moving in. We might actually have neighbors for the first time in years. So Sophia and her parents were like, oh, that's pretty cool. We'll make sure to be very, you know, courteous to our new neighbors and, you know, ask them if they need help moving in, maybe invite them over, something like that. So about a week later, there's a moving van and there's a bunch of people moving boxes into the house. It seems like the neighbors purchased the service where people would come and move the stuff in for them or at least move the boxes in. Moving's hard, totally understandable. So then Sophia and Sophia's mom are like, you know what, maybe tonight when all the moving is done and all the dust is settled, you know what, let's do it tomorrow. Tomorrow night, when all the dust is settled, you and I will go over there and we will, you know, knock on the door and we'll just ask them if anything's like how everything's going and then invite them over to dinner, you know, tomorrow night. We'll have them over and it'll be great. So anyways, next day, or at least the next day's night, Sophia and her mom, they walk over to the house, they knock on the door and there's no response. There is a car in the driveway though, so Sophia and Sophia's mom are like, okay, well maybe we'll knock a little bit louder. So they knock a little bit louder and that's when they hear kind of like a door open and then footsteps and then the door, then kind of the door handle or the doorknob turns, it opens and they're greeted by someone who can't be more than 18, 19 years old. So a teenager, right? And Sophia's like, Hi there, and Sophia's mom's like, hi, like, we're your next door neighbors, we just wanted to know, how's everything going? And the teenager was actually, you know, she's nice, she's like, hey guys, like, thank you so much for coming over and saying hello, my name is, I don't know, Audrey, uh, you know, uh, so great to see you guys, um, my, sorry, like, my parents aren't here, they're not, they, you know, they're busy, they're always traveling the world, doing stuff, they both have pretty intense jobs, so I don't think that they're gonna, they're not gonna be back for a while, Sophia's mom's like, oh, well, that's, that's too bad. Like, uh, well, I mean, I was going to invite all of you guys over for dinner uh, tomorrow night, but maybe if it's just you, I mean, if you'd like to come over, it's an open invitation. And Audrey, the teenager who lived next door, was like, I really do appreciate that, but I already have plans. Uh, but thank you guys so much for coming over. You know, I'm, you guys seem like great neighbors. I was a little nervous, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to be my neighbors. And I hope everything is good. And with that, Audrey shuts the door. And Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of look at each other like, okay, well, that's fine. I mean, now we don't have to host anyone tomorrow. And we also offered up the invitation. So we are good neighbors. So, so, so Sophia and Sophia's mom really think nothing of this. They think, well, this seems like a nice enough girl. And it seems like the neighbors aren't even going to be there a lot, which is kind of a good catch. Because, like, you know, if they're not there, how bad can they be? Here's the problem in that statement, if you were paying attention. So uh, Audrey's, the, the neighbor girl, 
parents aren't going to be there often. That doesn't mean she's not going to be there often. And when a 19, 20-year-old has a massive, really fancy house to themselves and their parents aren't there often, that's actually probably going to be the opposite of good neighbors. Just a little suggestion. So anyways, about a week passes and it's uh, nighttime. It's like nine o'clock. Sophia and her parents are watching like a movie together. And that's when they start to hear like music. And they start to hear like the very, you know, kind of like the very faint hum of music. It's like a little familiar, but you just can't put your finger on it. It's like, oh, I probably heard that song on the radio a million times, but it's not like, it's not clear enough for me to hear it. So Sophia's like, do you hear music? And Sophia's dad's like, I hear music. And Sophia's mom's like, up, gets up, walks out. And Sophia and Sophia's mom walk out to the window where they can clearly see the house, you know, their neighbor. And that's when they can hear the music a little bit more. They lift up the window and the music is very clear. They see lights. They see a bunch of cars in the driveway of the neighbor's house. They see kind of like lights on. They see people in the backyard. There's a pool in the backyard too. They see some people swimming. They see a bunch of coolers with a ton of grape juice in there. Grape juice, apple juice, all the juice you could imagine if you know what I mean. And you know, Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of look at each other and Sophia's mom's what? like, well, well that's okay. I mean, she is just, you know, getting used to the house and I can only imagine. It must be so lonely without your parents there. So, you know, this is fine. I mean, it's nine o'clock anyways. I mean, people are allowed to enjoy themselves. Then it's 10 o'clock. Then it's 11 o'clock. Then it's 12. Then it's one in the morning. And Sophia's like, mom, I can't go to sleep. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I know. The music continues to be loud. You know, they've shut all the doors, but the faint hum is like, it's like, it's, it's like just annoying enough to keep them from falling asleep. And so the party is, in fact, even more loud and more rambunctious than it was at 9, 10, or 11, or 12. It seems like people just keep showing up. And Sophia's mom's like, eh, okay, well, you know what? Hopefully, this is a one-time thing. You know, hopefully, this is a one-time thing. It doesn't happen a bunch of times. You know, it's fine. People can have parties once in a while. You know, when we threw that, you know, that party for your, you know, your birthday and people stayed kind of late. And Sophia's like, mom, that was nothing like this. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I know, honey. I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, honey, please, I I'm trying to give her, like, the benefit of the doubt here. And so sure enough, around, like, 2.30, they're all able to fall asleep. And, you know, Sophia's parents have to do something the next day. This party was on a Sunday, which is, you know, during the summer, so the kids don't really have a lot to do. Maybe they have a job or something. But the parents get up the next morning, and Sophia's up, and... Sophia's like, hi, mom, hi, dad. And they're like, because mm, they have to go into work now. And Sophia's like, well, you know, hopefully that was a one-time thing. Otherwise, she seems like a great neighbor. And Sophia's dad's like, I don't know about that, sweetie, but I guess we'll see. And so sure enough, that night, they're sitting and they're finishing the movie. And Sophia's parents are like, you know what? I don't know if we can completely finish this movie. Or they were starting a new one. They're watching something. They're like... I don't know if we can really, like, finish this. Like, we got to go to bed early. We definitely did not get an adequate amount of sleep last night. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I don't really know. Like, I'm sorry about that. And Sophia's like, that's fine, Mom. At 8.30, you know, Sophia's dad's like, all right, I think I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and that's when they heard it again, the faint hum of music. And Sophia's like, oh, no. And Sophia's mom's like, oh, no. And Sophia's dad's like, No! 
They all like rush out to see the window. They open it up and once again, cars start piling in and they're like, oh my God, oh my, oh my God. No, 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 no. So sure enough, party, super loud, rambunctious, people everywhere, talking, people jumping the pool, water splashes. At this point, right, they're able to fall asleep a bit earlier because they try and go to sleep right away. So they're restless in bed for like four hours, but then they eventually fall asleep. Next morning, Sophia's up and she's like, hi, mom and dad. And they're like, uh, except to go to, they're going to work, man. And, you know, the next day, right, you know, when they're, you know, they're watching TV and they're very kind of like anxiously waiting for noise to happen for music. And there's no music. There's no noise. And, you know, around 930, you know, parents are like, all right, we're going to go to bed. And Sophia's like, well, there's no party. Maybe this will be the end of the parties, right? So they actually like go over to the window and they look and there are now three cars or there are three cars parked in the driveway. And Sophia's like, there are three cars. That, that's two more cars than normal. And then Sophia's mom's like, well, maybe the parents are home. So Sophia, her mom and her dad walk over to the house and they knock on the door. And you know, a new person greets them. And it looks like Audrey, the girl next home, it looks like her, but older. So they assume, is this like Audrey's mom? They say, hey, are, are you the parents who live here? And, uh, you know, Audrey's mom and dad who walked up to the door said, yes, hello there. You must be our neighbors. And Audrey and uh, Sophia's parents are like, yes, like, how's it going? Like, I uh, this, this is a great neighborhood. You made a great choice. Um, where are your neighbors? Right over there. And they point to their house. Uh, you know, we'd love to, you know, invite you over to dinner. We're also aware that you're very busy. So if any time works this week and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We're actually just stopping over tonight and leaving tomorrow. We just wanted to make sure that Audrey was doing all right and that things were going smoothly over here. And we, we got some crazy business stuff to go and do. We really appreciate it, though. You guys seem to be great neighbors from what Audrey has told us. And uh, thank you so much. And can, can we have your number? Just, just in case, you know, because, you know, a lot of time Audrey's here by herself, and so we just want to make sure she's okay. And, you know, um, you know, Sophia's parents are like, yeah, okay, we'll take your number. So they take their number, right, and, you know, they give their number to Audrey's parents, and then they pass ways, and Sophia's like, all right, well, I guess if Audrey gets, like, bad enough, we can always, you know, text her parents. And Sophia's parents are like, yeah, we should be careful, though, because that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be our last trick up our sleeve, if we're being honest. So sure enough, right, you know, her parents leave the next morning. Sophia watches as the cars pull out of the driveway. And for, like, the rest of the summer, there's about, like, four to five parties every single week. Sophia's parents get the worst sleep that they have ever gotten in a long time. And it's not great. It was not a great summer. So, yeah, it was a pretty tough summer for them, but the school year was starting and, you know, Audrey's parents, or not Audrey's parents, Sophia's parents were like, you know what, this is going to be good because, you know, Audrey probably is going to go away to college or if she's college nearby, she at least won't be going hard every single day. And Sophia was pretty happy about this because, you know, she goes to the high school there and like she needs to wake up pretty early and she needs to like do her work at night. And so it was the first week of school and there was no parties, no nothing. Things were turning out pretty good. They were pretty happy about this. So Sophia one day was just in her room. It was like nine at night and it was like on a Tuesday. And she was like writing up like a lab report for her chemistry class. And that's when she heard the all too familiar buzz of music that was a little too faint, but was definitely coming from somewhere. And she's like, please tell me I'm just imagining things. Because she was, like, very anxiously waiting for, like, one of these, like, crazy parties to, like, 
annoy her parents, right? <laughs> she was just waiting for one of these things to happen. So she's like, I'm probably just imagining things. I'm probably just coming up with things. And that's when her, you know, uh, her mom, Sophia's mom, bursts through the door and says, it's happening, Sophia. It's happening. She isn't going home. It's a Tuesday. Oh, my God. And at this point, right, all three of them rush out to the window. They look out. And it is one of the crazy parties, like, that they had in, I, I don't know, like, that they had during, over the summer. And Sophia's like, okay, well, Mom, you know, it is, like, late August. Maybe she goes to one of those colleges that start, like, in the middle of September. So they're hoping, right? You know, at this point, you know, they're like, Sophia, like, you might need to start doing your homework earlier just in case this continues to happen. So for the remainder of August, the next couple weeks and the first week of September, these parties happen like three to four times a week continuously. And Sophia is doing her homework early, but it's getting more and more difficult because as the school year continues on, it's hard. She gets more and more work. And this is when it's like midway through September. Sophia is trying to do a project. She is a lab due. Her partners aren't really pu- her partners aren't pulling their weight, so Sophia Sophia has to pick up the slack. She's stressing out, and that's when it's like 9:30. She hears the buzz of music, and she needs at least two more hours to finish her work, and she can't concentrate. And she's like, runs into her mom's room. She's like, Mom, I need to do a present. Like, I need to do a project, like a big lab report. This is a big part of my grade. I need at least two more hours to do it. I can't focus with the music. Like, this is ridiculous. Doesn't she go to college or something? Like, it's in the middle of September. No way her college starts in, like, October or something like that. And, you know, Sophia's mom's like, Sophia, I have bad news. I was just casually talking with Audrey's parents. And Audrey's parents just brought up the fact that she was having, she was taking a gap year to pursue her, like, fashion company. But I have, which basically means she's going to be in that house every day pursuing her fashion company, which basically means having people over every night and for the rest of the year. And Sophia's mom's like, I I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. And that's when Sophia's dad is like, I know what to do. Real quick, the secret word of the day is neighbor or neighbors, whichever one you want to comment. Uh, I will try to heart as many of those comments to say neighbor down below. Uh, And also, if you want to support the channel at this point or later on, sit down and binge watch some videos and let me know in the comment section what you're doing while you're watching them or how many of the videos you've watched. Thank you guys so much for doing that once again. And let's get back to the story. So anyway, Sophia's dad says, I know what to do. And Sophia's mom and dad look at each other and they look at Sophia and say, hey, we're going to call the non-emergency line and basically report a party going on. Because there was a rule that like passed, I think, like 10 or something. You can't be making that much noise. And also, it's pretty clearly like, you know, underage kids with uh, apple juice, the one that you're not supposed to be having if you're underage, right? And so they're like, screw it. Like, we've given her plenty of like, you know... We've given her chances, like, we got to do it. So anyways, they call up, you know, the non-emergency line. They're like, all right, we'll send someone over there. We'll break it up, like, no problem. And sure enough, like, Sophia feels a little bad, but she watches. And 20 minutes later, this cop car comes up, like, knocks on the door. They see the door open. They see some people in the back start, like, kind of getting nervous, trying to, like, hide all the apple juice, jumping over the fence, trying to disperse, right? And sure enough, within 20 minutes, basically everyone either got in their car and left or jumped over the fence and the party was completely done. And Sophia was like, you know, I feel bad, but like she's done this every day, four days a week or whatever. And, you know, I need like I need to work. This is kind of ridiculous. And so Sophia was able to finish up her science project. All good. She got the lab report nice and done. 
And, uh, you know, the next day, you know, they, uh, she goes in, f- submits her project. Life is good. Things are good. And, you know, Sophia comes back, is just waiting with her parents. You know, uh, she doesn't actually have any work that day. It's a Friday night. They go to, like, uh, you know, watch some television together. And they don't hear the typical hum of music that they normally did because Sophia routinely had them on Fridays. She had them on other random days throughout the week, but she always had them on Fridays. And they were like, oh, it's like 9.30. Like, I'm surprised that, like, there isn't anything going on right now. And Sophia's like, well, we did, you know, we did call the cops on them last time. So they're probably, if they're having anything, they're probably doing it a lot more discreetly or they're just not doing anything at all. And Sophia's like, you know, I feel a little bit bad. And Sophia's dad's like, Sophia, don't feel bad. Like, this girl next door is taking advantage of her parents' absence and having people over four times a week, not even over the summer, which was annoying but understandable to an extent. But during, like, you know, the school year, like, she knows that, like, there are other people in the neighborhood that have jobs, that go to school, that need to do things, you know, that need to go to sleep before 10 10 at night, you know? Don't feel bad about this. So that made Sophia feel a little bit better. So, you know, she went to sleep, and the next day they woke up, and Sophia and her mom were walking out because Sophia was, like, walking over to the bus stop, and Sophia's mom was walking, you know, to get her, like, to go to her car, and that's when they both stop and turn around, and they look at their house, and their house is covered in eggs. Yes, their house has been egged. If you don't know, a lot of like teenagers, not a lot, actually, very few, but it's, it's, it's like teenagers will show their disrespect by quote unquote egging a house, basically taking, uh, you know, eggs, throwing them at them. It's a crime. Don't do it. It's also ridiculous and stupid. Little disclaimer. I've never done that. And I had, don't have any friends who've ever done that. It's ridiculous. You're an idiot if you do it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I just have to say that, right? But that, that is my honest opinion. So anyway, Sophia and Sophia's mom are looking up. Their entire house is egged. So Sophia's mom's like, oh my God, who could have done this? And Sophia's like, I think I have a suspicion, right? And Sophia turns to her mom and is like, what if, you know, Audrey knows that it was us that turned her in? Sophia's mom's like, what if, like, what if she knew that? Like, oh my God, but what if it's someone else? What if there's like a criminal organization that's egging your house? Audrey, or uh, Sophia's like, mom, it is not a criminal organization that decided to throw eggs at our house. It's obviously an angsty teenager. And who's the one angsty teenager who may or may not be upset with us? Because we probably were the ones, you know, that called the police on their party. And Audrey's mom, or uh, Sophia's mom's like, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Well, we got to call someone to clean this up. And, you know, what if this happens again? And Sophia's like, well, if this happens again, we need proof. And, you know, Sophia's mom's like, you know, I have been thinking for a while. Your dad and I have been talking. You know, maybe this is just the time to pull the, you know, to, to pull the trigger and get a security camera. And Sophia's like, or, yeah, Sophia's like, yeah, okay, that sounds, sounds good. So anyways, they call up two people, someone to install security cameras and someone to clean the house. And the person to clean the house comes earlier in the day. Security camera person comes in, you know, the afternoon and they're talking with Sophia's mom and Sophia's back and they look and, you know, security cameras are put up somewhat discreetly, but they're put around the, like the premises and the person says, all right, so download this app on your phone and, you know, do this thing on the computer and you will have, you know, access to these camera feeds 
It also will record. It, there are also motion sensors. So if you want, you can have a notification whenever there's motion and also record for like 24 hours. Then it just automatically deletes so that you don't have too much storage. You can also have an option where you pay 99 cents to have whatever, right? So, you know, they go to sleep and they're like, all right, feeling a little bit better about this. And that's when they wake up the next day. And once again, the entire house is egged. Because, you know, they wake up, because they walk out. You know, Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of forgot about the egging that happened last night. But then they, when they walked out, they were like, oh, my God. Because they turn around, and once again, their entire house is just covered in eggs that have been pulted or pulted, pelted at the house, right? Completely covered. Sophia's mom's like, oh, my God, I got to call the cleaning person again. This is so embarrassing. And Sophia's like, mom, mom, like, let's check the security camera footage. And Sophia's mom's like, well, you'll miss, you'll miss school or something. And she's like, you know what? Today doesn't even matter. Like, we're, we're not doing anything that important. Just say I'm sick. Sophia's mom's like, well, I should really bring you to school. And Sophia's like, mom, let me, let me help you with this. They just, and Sophia's mom's like, fine, whatever. Calls up the school, says that she's sick. I don't know any parent that would do that. But anyways, her, her, her mom did, so we're cool. So Sophia and Sophia's mom... Goes probably because Sophia's mom needed help with the you know technology or whatever. Sophia and her mom walk back in and they uh, they go on the computer. They go to the cameras and three of the four cameras have no you know motion sensor or activity, but there is one. So they go into it. They check the recordings and then not like it's not like the gr the greatest quality. It's a little grainy, but it is very clear that you can see Audrey at two in the morning with a thing of eggs, walk over and pelt their house for like three minutes and then walk back over. So at this point, Sophia and Sophia's mom are looking at each other and Sophia's mom's like, well, I'm glad we know who, but what, 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 what do we do with this? And Sophia's like, well, mom, you have their parents' text. You have their, you know, their, their contact message. So Sophia shows her mom how to download the video and Sophia's mom, you know, sends a text saying, hey, I know you guys are busy, and I, I don't really, like, you know, I don't know how, how else to, like, uh, I, I don't know how you're going to respond to this, but, you know, your daughter has been pelting our house with eggs, you know, and we have video proof of it. So they send the message. Sophia's mom then sends the video attachment, and they wait for a reply. And it's like eight hours go by when the mom replies and says, our daughter would only pelt your house if you deserved it. And Sophia's mom's like, wait, wait, did, did Audrey take control of her mom's phone? And Sophia's like, well, that's kind of an extrapolation. Like, I, I don't know if that's like, I don't know, mom. Like, maybe these aren't the greatest people next door. And, you know, they look at it again. And Sophia's mom responds like with a question mark. And Audrey's mom responds like, did I not make myself clear? Question mark. So at this point, Sophia realizes that, like, oh, my God, like, this is not good, right? You know, this is, this is kind of crazy. So Sophia, her mom, and dad all sit down and try and consult each other and are kind of just like, okay, what are we going to do here? I don't totally understand what's going on, right? And they're like, okay, this, this is kind of crazy. It seems like the parents actually don't care. And, you know, Sophia's like, well... Mom, where did you get that number? And she's like, well, I mean, I have Sophia's mom's number, or I have Audrey's mom's number and Audrey's dad's number. And Sophia's like, well, I only remember you getting Audrey's dad's number. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, well, when we met the parents, Audrey's dad, you know, gave 
us his number and then we gave him ours and then Sophia's like, okay, well, how did you get Audrey's mom's number? And Sophia, or and Sophia's mom's like, oh, well, yeah, well, when we met Audrey the first time, I asked for her parents' number, and she gave me, oh, and Sophia's like, wait, mom, Sophia or Audrey gave you her mom, quote unquote, number, and Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I'm starting to believe that that actually isn't her mom's number. Sophia's like, but. Her dad's number you got from her dad. And Sophia's mom was like, yeah. So Sophia's like, all right, well, then send the exact same text message, but send it to her dad because I got a feeling that that you didn't actually get her mom's number. Sophia's like, or Sophia's mom's like, that's not a bad idea. So they do the whole process again. They send a message to the dad. And Sophia's like, well, that means I've been talking to Audrey the whole time. This is so weird. And, you know, Sophia's like, you know what? She's crazy. Don't even worry about it. We got to send a message to her dad, though. So they, you know, they craft up the same message basically saying, hey, so sorry to, like, put you through this, but your daughter's been pelting eggs at our house. We have video proof of it. Attached a video file. Like, I don't really know what to do here. I was hoping that you could, you know, say something or make it stop, basically. And they send a message and it delivers and they wait for, like, 12 hours. And, you know, they wake up the next day and they're like, the dad didn't respond. Like, we're probably going to get pelted again. And sure enough, Sophia and her mom walk out and they look up at their house. And once again, there's a bunch of eggs all over it. And they check the security camera footage. And once again, you know, sure enough, it is Audrey who went over, threw eggs at her house. And Sophia got on the bus and had a pretty bad day at school because she's like, I feel helpless now. Like our neighbor's basically holding us hostage like this. We can't do anything. And when Audrey or when Sophia gets back home, her mom is like, was like looking at her phone and you know, she's like, uh, Sophia's like, hey, did you get a response from Audrey's dad? And Sophia's mom's like, no. And then Sophia's mom's like, oh my God. Oh my God, he just responded. And their message basically says, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm currently in Asia right now for business reasons. This text message like literally just got to me right now. Um, like I have, I'm so sorry this happened. I have no idea. I'm not in the States but Audrey's mom is, and she is coming back immediately to go talk to our daughter. And at this point, right, you know, Sophia and Sophia's mom look at each other like, we won, baby, we won. So they, Sophia kind of neglects her homework and doesn't do it till really late because Sophia, uh, Sophia and her mom and her dad are basically all sitting, watching the window, waiting for the car to pull up. And sure enough, this fancy like BMW like very quickly pulls into the driveway and then Audrey's mom that they saw before like walked on up, stomped in, went bum, 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 bum on the door, starts slamming on the door. It opens up. She starts yelling immediately and walks into the house. And at this point, right, Sophie and her parents just look at each other like, oh my God. And about an hour later after, you know, they see uh, Audrey's or that Audrey's mom doesn't leave. She stays at the house. But about an hour later, they receive a text message from a number that they don't have saying, like, I'm so sorry, like about my daughter. I had no idea that my daughter was actually still staying here. She said that, you know, she goes to college five days a week and stays here on the weekends. Like, I had no idea that she was staying here every single day party. So this is Audrey's mom texting on her real number, like, I'm so sorry, this is insane, like, I had no idea, and also the fact that she, you know, pelted your house, how much money do you want for the damages, and Sophia's mom just responds like, hey, we don't want any money, it's totally fine, we know it's not you guys, 
all we ask is that just this just doesn't happen again and that maybe your daughter when she throws her parties will be a bit more respectful of you know other people and their time commitments and you know audrey's mom is like Audrey is like not even going to be living at this house anymore. We're shipping her away to a college that will accept her midway through like the beginning of the year. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but like, you know, this was this. We're probably not going to be living in this house anymore. We're putting it up on the market soon. You guys were very, you know, kind for not calling the, you know, the police on our daughter for egging your house. You could have totally done that. Um, you know, thank you for all your cooperation. And that was the end of the message. So once again, Sophia and her parents we're without neighbors. But that's not Click on the video on screen right thing. now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a great day because today we have a story of a crazy Karen that ends up stealing the subscriber's dog. I'm not even kidding you. The Karen actually steals slash abducts the dog. It's absolutely crazy. So sit back, relax, subscribe if you're new to the channel, and let's just jump right into it and call the subscriber Gabby. So anyways, this all started one day when Gabby was in the dog park, and because Gabby had a dog, it was like, it was a smaller dog, I don't know exactly what type of dog it was, but it was like, maybe it was one of those like white fluffy ones that isn't so big, but it was like a smaller dog, it wasn't a larger dog, that's just kind of an important detail for you to know, um, also because the Karen probably couldn't abduct a large dog anyways, but Gabby was at this dog park that she would go to with her dog on the weekend, so every Saturday, you know, she would drive over and, you know, bring the dog with her, and, you know, they'd be able to walk around, the dog would be able to sniff all these new smells, would be able to see all the other dogs were in the dog park as well. And that's when one day Gabby met, you know, the Karen, who is also at this dog park. So Gabby kind of recognized this older woman who has always kind of been at the dog park, but Gabby and her have never interacted until before this moment, right? So Gabby, this is just a normal Saturday where she's with, you know, her dog in the dog park and, you know, they're just hanging out, chilling life is good. Gabby's dog is sniffing some, uh, you know, sniffing some other dog's butts, you know, standard dog affair. And that's when Gabby's dog turns, looks at the Karen and barks. And look, it's a freaking dog. Oh no, it barked at you? Oh no, that's crazy. No, it's normal. It's standard. But you know, the Karen was like, oh good heavens, did your dog just bark at me? And Gabby's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, ma'am. He's, I'm, I'm, he's still, he's a little feisty sometimes, haha. Normally, right, you know, I'm, I'm a dog owner, and, you know, sometimes my dog is just barks at random people. Dude, that's, that's what they do, bro. That's kind of just how they are. Some of them are better behaved, behaved than others. And it's really like, I don't get personally offended when a dog barks at me. But anyways, right, the Karen is like, you should teach your dog some manners. Like, you definitely have not taken good care of your dog if your dog is barking at random people and going on like that. And, you know, Gabby was a little offended. She was like, what do you mean I, was, I haven't taken good care of my dog? Like, sure, my dog barked at you, but my dog doesn't bark that much. And also, that's not the worst thing. Hey, you know, you know, I, I could understand where you're coming from if my dog was going around biting everyone or like attacking them or like trying to eat some babies or something. Sure. Fair enough. I don't know if she said that last part, but like I get that. But dude, she just barked at you. But the Karen was for some reason completely convinced with herself that like if your dog barks at someone, you know, you haven't spent the time as a dog owner to make sure that they're I, I don't know. 
I honestly don't know where the Karen was coming from on this, but the Karen kind of just went on and on again about, like, how, like, oh, how Gabby very clearly has not taken care of her dog or whatever, and how she's a terrible pet owner. Remember, this is all because the dog barked at the Karen once. Probably because the Karen, the, the dog just got the bad vibes off the Karen. The dog was ahead of the curve, you know? Sometimes dogs have these senses that, like, you can't really pick up on, and I think the dog picked up on, like, how insane the Karen was here, bro. I, I swear, I really think that that's the truth here. But anyways, right, so the Karen, so eventually Gabby's like, all right, well, that's fine, ma'am, because the Karen is continuously going on about, oh, you're such a bad dog owner, man, stuff like that. So Gabby eventually just gets out of there and goes to a different part of the dog park, and she starts speaking to her dog and she's like all right buddy let's not bark at anyone crazy like that again like you most people don't care but every once in a while you'll get someone like that and honestly karen uh gabby thought that okay well i'm probably not never going to interact with this karen again because sure like sure i'll probably see her again at the dog park or sure, maybe, like, I'll run into her on the street or something, but, like, I, if I see her, I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna steer clear, you know, away from her, because, like, bro, I'm not trying to have another conversation with this woman, definitely not a productive time trying to have any conversation with her, so Gabby was like, all right, well, this is kind of the last time I'm gonna see her, and this was until about, you know, a week later, when Gabby was at her own house, right, and she was just walking her dog around the block. However, she was walking out of her house, right, with her dog, so it was very clear that she was coming out of that house. And that's when she made eye contact with the Karen, right, and the Karen just happened to be walking around the neighborhood, and they make eye contact with each other, and the Karen is like, wait, I know you, I know you, oh, there goes Clara, she's barking at something. Karen's like, I know you, you're from... You're the bad dog owner. And Gabby's like, bro, you can't be serious, bro. Like, uh, really? So Gabby kind of just looks at the Karen thing to herself. Wow, well, looks like I do have to deal with this woman one more time. And Gabby's like, uh, I think you're remembering wrong. Because she's like, yeah, I could probably just, like, <laughs> gaslight this woman to think that her memory's going bad. I'm not trying to deal with her, bro. And sure enough, right, you know, the Karen's like, no, that's definitely you. You were the, you know, the terrible dog owner that your malicious dog barked at me. And Gabby was like, have you really never had a dog bark at you, ma'am? And she completely ignores that question just to continue to, you know, berate Gabby and be like, you're the worst dog owner I've ever met. And you know what? Like, it, it, it's not the dog's fault. It's your fault. That dog, all that dog needs is a bit of training from me. At this point, Gabby's like, Wait a minute, is he trying to, like, pitch me a course or something? Am I being, am I being sold at right now? Like, uh, what? And, you know, and the Karen says, you know what? Because I am so kind-hearted. Because I have such a large heart, right? Because I have love for so many people. And Gabby's like, all right, ma'am, get to the point. And, and it, I mean, she doesn't say that, but that's what she's thinking. And the Karen goes, I, you know what? I will make a very large sacrifice. I will offer that I will take that dog off your hands and I will give it a truly a good home. And Gabby's was just so shocked at this point because she's like, all right, this, me like, this woman comes up to me and starts yelling at me and then says that she will take the massive sacrifice of stealing my dog. What? And Gabby's like, no, are you insane? And the Karen's like, just more evidence, just more evidence that you were the worst. And that the reason why your dog sucks is because you suck. It's not the dog's fault. It's yours. And Gabby is just, she's just so blown away at this point. She's like, the audacity of this woman. 
God damn. No, but anyways, you know, Gabby's like, all right, ma'am, no. Um, I'm now actually going to go walk my dog as I take care of my dog. And my dog is quite well behaved, actually, compared to most dogs. Quite well behaved. And the Karen's like, fine. I didn't, like, I, I can barely handle this level of disrespect and, you know, uh, disrespect to your elders anyways. Like, have, you know, have fun torturing that dog. And the Karen just, like, kind of, like, pouts and stomps away. And Gabby's like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't think I was going to have an interaction with that woman again, but I definitely did not think that that was going to... I definitely did not think that that was going to be my interaction, like, nevertheless. Like, that, that's insane. So Gabby walks her dog, you know, because they walk around in the back. And so a couple days go by, and something when, like, Gabby and her mom are in the house, they have a backyard that is practically fenced in like it's not you could go break into it or you could as you'll see in a second you could push into it you could kind of break into it you know but it's the dog never leaves so what gavin gabby's mom uh, let the dog do is like if the dog kind of goes to the door and kind of like scratches or whines near it they'll let the dog out and they'll let the dog out into the backyard and when the dog wants to come back in the dog will just kind of like paw on the door again so basically, the dog has a pretty big backyard that, you know, the dog can go around, can sniff all the smells, can dig up dirt, can go fight with some squirrels. Kind of just allows the dog to be outside without any supervision or anything like that. And for that, you know, the dog has also not ever tried to escape before. So one of these days when the dog was let outside, it had been a couple hours and it was about time for, you know, Gabby to walk the dog. So Gabby looks around the house and is like, okay, well, the dog was probably in the backyard and he goes downstairs and goes to the backyard, and the backyard's empty. So Gabby, like, walks out and really looks around, right? She looks around the corners, she looks behind the trees, she looks in the bushes, and that's when, you know when you, like, have lost something or someone, if it's your dog, but especially for me when I've lost, like, my wallet or something, or my phone or something, and you start looking around, and you get, start getting that really terrible feeling knowing that it's lost, and you just, you, you continue to, like, look at all these places. Like, you continue to look under things, and you continue to look, even though you know that there's, like, no chance that they're there. Like, I'll look in drawers I've never opened for years, being like, please be in here, even though it's obviously not, right? And you just get that sinking feeling of, you know, it's gone. And Gabby was getting that feeling of, like, oh my god, oh my god. My dog's gone. Like, where's my dog? So immediately, you know, she calls up her mom and her mom is like out somewhere. She's like, mom, mom, I think the dog escaped. And, and her mom's like, what? That, the dog's never ran away. And Gabby's like, I don't know what happened, but she's not here. So Gabby's mom immediately rushes back. And while Gabby's mom is coming back to the house, Gabby once again is just kind of going, looking again, looks in the backyard again, looks throughout the house again walks around the block kind of like the walk that they normally do like the walk that she normally brings the dog on the dog is nowhere to be seen so when Gabby's mom comes back they both are kind of like oh my god what's going on and Gabby's mom's like okay well your dog probably hasn't gone that far I mean maybe but like a small little dog how far could have really have gone probably just got confused and lost and this is walking around so Gabby and Gabby's mom start like going around the neighborhood in their car, looking around. Once again, they're just kind of like driving around, looking for the dog. Gabby has the window rolled down, yelling its name out. I don't know, we can give it a name. Um, <laughs> I don't know, give it a name or something. I, I, I don't know, anyways. So they're driving around and you know, Gabby's mom's like, um, I'm gonna keep driving and looking. If you wanna just like start scouting out yourself, 
like, I don't, I don't really know what to do. I'm going to go on, like, Facebook and post on, like, the neighborhood group that, like, photos of her dog saying, like, have you seen this dog? We have not, like, she escaped or something like that. Gabby's like, all right, well, just let me know if, like, anyone knows anything or just, because, like, Gabby was freaking out right now. This was her dog. This was her little baby. And this dog has never ran away. This dog has never even attempted to run away. This dog is hesitant doing a different, like, path. Like, the dog loves routine. Why would it change it up? It just didn't make a lot of sense to Gabby. And later, and or, I mean, if you can see the title of this video, you'll know exactly why it made no sense. So within, very soon, you will see one of the craziest things that a Karen has ever done. But real quick, if you made it this far into the video, comment Karen down below. I'll try and heart a bunch of comments that say that. And also, if you do want to support the channel, uh, all you got to do is at some point, maybe after this video, I say this every time, by the way, or maybe later, um, sit down and watch a bunch of videos, or as I say, binge watch the videos, maybe watch one, two, three, whatever, and let me know what you're doing while watching the videos. Are you like playing a video game? Are you drawing, animating, cleaning your room? Or do these videos help you go to sleep? I no longer take offense to that because I watch, uh, I watch like King the Hill to go to sleep. I actually like that show, man. It's like, it's a good show. I actually like it. Any anyways, anyways, let's just get back to the story. Stuff's, stuff's getting interesting. So Gabby is like going around the neighborhood. She's kind of like doing a like job or jog or whatever, yelling out the name of the dog, going around, going around. And that's when... That's when she hears a bark, and you might be thinking, all right, bro, it's a bark. <laughs> like, come on. Dog barks kind of sound the same. However, Gabby was convinced that that was the bark of her dog, so she immediately starts yelling the name again, and she hears the bark again. So she starts to try and, like, figure out where this bark is coming from. She tries to, like, locate the source of, like, the noise. Because, yes, it could be another dog, but this is the first lead that she's gotten ever since her dog was gone. There's not a single other clue or lead or anything. So she's like, screw it, I'm taking this, I'm putting all my chips in. And Gabby, like, goes in the direction of the bark, and it gets her to this house. It's very, very strange, right? And she looks in the backyard of this house, and there's, like, a, the, the only thing that's, like, hold, like between, like, Gabby and the backyard is this row of, like, these shrubs, right? So Gabby kind of, like, pries the shrubs apart because she hears the barking from the backyard. And that's when she sees a dog sitting in the backyard, right, barking. And it's a little white dog. And Gabby's like, okay, I can't be 100% sure. But and in the middle of her thought, the dog kind of, like, moves its head and Gabby sees the collar that's still on the dog. The collar is like a red and black stripe one, and it's the one that Gabby's dog had on before it, like, the dog was abducted, basically. And Gabby's like, there is no way that at this point this is a coincidence. And this is when Gabby is starting to realize, why is this dog here? Did he sneak through? Like, well, what happened? And that's when Gabby is about to go into the backyard when she hears a door open. So she doesn't push her way into the backyard, but she continues to watch. And she hears a door open, and she hears someone walk out. And someone walks out with a bowl of water and puts it down. And guess who it is? It's the Karen. And Gabby's like, oh my god. Oh my god. So anyways, Gabby like kind of retreats for a second, stays behind the shrubs so she can't be seen, takes out her phone and sends a message to her mom. Explains like massive blocks of text explaining everything and then also follow, follows it up by like I can't call right now. 
I think I'm going to try and get the dog. I don't want to be caught, right? So sends the messages, closes out her phone, and is kind of just waiting. So Scabby, like, you know, looks in and sees that, like, you know, the, the door is closed, so the Karen is no longer in the backyard. But Gabby is also aware that, you know, the there's a lot of windows, that, you know, movement in the backyard, that the dog, you know, Gabby's dog will probably start barking a lot and making a lot of noise when Gabby comes to pick the dog up because, like, the dog's going to be so excited to see that Gabby's there to pick him up. Stuff like that, right? So Gabby's like, all right, I kind of got one shot with this. So Gabby kind of, like, pushes through the shrubs. It's kind of difficult. And Gabby's looking around, and she sees, like, you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to have to, like, really, like, really, like, sprint, right? I'm going to have to really send it, like, when I get the dog because going through these shrubs are going to be hard or whatever. She pushes through, like, the bushes, and she's fully through, and all of a sudden she hears a barrage of barking. It's her dog. Her dog's running up to her, kind of basically jumps into her arms. The dog has had a terrible day. It was abducted by someone, right? Apparently, it must have been that the Karen somehow broke into the backyard of Gabby's house because, like, right, the Karen now knew where Gabby lived after they had that interaction and probably scouted out her house and probably went back another day, another day noticed the dog was there, and then either picked it up that day or a later day, kind of, like, broken or whatever. So Gabby, reunited with her dog, is about to turn around when she hears, Stop! And Gabby turns around again. And sure enough, the door is wide open and the Karen is standing there. And Gabby yells like, why did you steal my dog? And the Karen's like, I didn't steal anything. I was just doing, you know, the service that as a dog owner should. Like, I was taking that dog away from the horrible life that he had with you obviously, by the way it acted, the way it lashed out to me. It was lashing out in pain. It needed me to save it. And Gabby's like, first of all, that's ridiculous. My dog simply barked at you, probably because it realized that you were a dog kidnapper. Second of all, you can't go around stealing dogs. You can't be doing that. That's not your place. That's not your place to choose these things. And the Karen is like, I did what I know is right. And now I will do what I know is right by taking that dog back. So Gabby is like, oh, hell nah, bro. Turns around, pushes through the bushes really quickly. And the Karen's like, no, get back here. And Gabby's like all the way through except her leg when she feels a tug. And sure enough, right, she feels two hands on her leg. And she's trying to pull through the bushes, right? And the Karen's like, get back here. And the Karen is legitimately pulling on her leg because she's like in between the line of bushes and then Gabby starts shaking her leg, shaking it, and then the Karen loses grip. She pulls through. Gabby kind of falls forward a little bit, but lets go of the dog before she, like, lands on the dog. The, lo the dog jumps down and starts barking or whatever. Gabby picks the dog back up and starts running. And that's when Gabby's like, all right, I think I lost her. So Gabby pulls out her phone, calls up her mom, and her mom's like, oh, my God, what happened? She's like, I just, like, picked up the dog from the crazy Karen's house. I'm at 123 uh, El El Elmer Street or whatever. Like, can you come pick me up? And that's when Gabby's like, actually, mom, um, uh, I'm gonna need you to come here kind of quick. I, I don't know where the Karen is. Wait, mom, I I'm gonna have to get back to you. And her mom's like, what? Gabby, what's going on? What's going on? Because that's when Gabby, like, she thought that she, because she can outrun the Karen, right? But that's when she starts seeing a car coming at her. And sure enough, looking into the windshield, 
it is the Karen driving that car. So Gabby starts running, right? And Gabby starts running, hops a fence, goes into another backyard. Dogs that are chained up in that backyard start like yelling or screaming, or yelling, start barking at her. Gabby jumps another fence and she sees like, she hears a car go, turns a corner, right? She's like, oh shoot, she's on me. So Gabby goes in and she finds the dog park, right? Cause the dog park's really close to where the Karen lives and kind of close to where Gabby lives. Gabby runs into the dog park and obviously you can't drive a car into the dog, dog park. So Karen parks, gets out, and that's when Gabby calls her mom again. She's like, the Karen is chasing me at the car. And Gabby's mom's like, oh my God, this is insane. She's like, mom, I'm at the dog park. I need you to idle at, you know, 748 like East Street because that's like the other side of the park. The park's actually really large. So what Gabby was going to do is she was going to like lead the Karen through the park and Gabby's mom was supposedly going to be at the other side of the park and was going to be waiting for her, right? And then, like, she'd jump in the car and get away. And Gabby's mom's like, I'll be there in, like, two minutes. It's really close, right? So Gabby starts running through the park. And, you know, she sees the Karen far away. But the Karen's coming at her, kind of, like, speed power walking or whatever, and yelling at her the entire time, being like, come back here, come back here. So Gabby's running, 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 gets to the end of the park, doesn't see her mom's car, and she's like, oh my god, oh my god. The Karen starts approaching slowly but surely. Like, if her mom isn't here in the next two to three minutes, the Karen will catch up. And as the Karen's getting closer and closer and closer, Gabby sees her mom's car pull up, and she just runs the other side, gets in, comes in, and Gabby's mom's like, oh my god, what? And Gabby's like, no time, go, go, go. So Gabby's mom, you know, gets in the car, drives off, and the Karen's yelling the whole time. So, you know, Gabby and Gabby's mom drive around for a little bit before they go back home. Gabby explains literally everything. And, you know, the, uh, you know, Gabby's mom's like, all right, well, um, first of all, we should probably get some of the fence in our backyard now so that that can't happen. Um, we should install like a security camera. And then also, can we call the police? So Gabby's mom actually calls like the non-emergency line. So not 911, but the other one explains the situation. They said, wow, like, that's insane. Like, do you, can you give a description like of this woman? Cause we'll go talk to her basically explain the, like, if she does something like this again, there'll be consequences. So Gabby starts explaining like what this woman looks like. And they're like, Oh, Shelby. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And Gabby's like, you know, this woman and the non-emergency police officer was like, yes, we get calls about her like every week. She's the worst. But this is probably one of the worst things she's ever done. So we're going to go to her for this time and say that, like, next time she does anything, like, that's it. And they're like, actually, thank you for telling us this. She's been causing problems for years now. And now we finally have a reason to tell her, like, it's done. It's over. So you might be thinking that this story is over and that things are going to be good, right? But no. Because when Gabby and Gabby's mom start driving by their house, they see... They, they see, because, like, you know when you pull up to your house, you're pulling up by the, like, the so there's, like, a sidewalk that leads by Gabby's house, and they're pulling up to their house, and that's when they see someone walking on the sidewalk up to their house, and Gabby's like, go by our house, keep going, keep going. Gabby's mom's like, why? And she's like, that's the Karen. So the Karen was literally walking to Gabby's house. So Gabby's mom and Gabby, you know, they start driving around again. They're like, oh my God, this is insane. And Gabby's mom calls up the non-emergency line again. And they're like, hey, how can we help you? And, and they say, hey, we're the people who called in like a minute ago talking about the dog and the, the old woman, right? And they're like, hey, so we don't know what to do because she is walking up to her house right now. And the non-emergency line's like, okay, well, I guess if we're going to confront this woman, 
might as well, doesn't really matter where. So they send a police officer up to the house and, you know, Gabby and Gabby's mom, like, start idling, like, kind of far away from the house, but within sight. And they see the police officer pull, like, pull up to their house, and they see the Karen waiting outside. And that's when Gabby and Gabby's mom drive closely, drive into the driveway, and get out. So there's the police officer, the Karen, Gabby, Gabby's mom, and Gabby's dog, right? It's a, it's, it's a party, bro. It's going to be so hype. I'm kidding. Anyways, though. So the, so the Karen starts pointing. She says, I know that this little girl is a terrible dog owner. And yes, sure, I broke into their backyard and stole their dog, but I did it for good reasons. And the police officer's like, ma'am, so you admit to doing that? She said, yes, by doing the name of good dog owners. And the police officer's like, ma'am, what? <laughs> like, he wasn't even trying to be like, ex- like, explain what you're doing. He's just like, bro, what? But sure enough, right, um, you know, Gabby is like, yeah, she, this, this woman broke in and like I had to go into her backyard to steal my dog back and she was chasing me. The police officer's like, ma'am, turns to Karen, like we've had to deal with you for years. There have been cases and cases of you overstepping, but this time you overstepped way too far, right? You know, there's no charges. These, these nice ones, like these people could very easily press charges. By the way, they clarified they don't want to press charges earlier. And the police officer said, but if you do one more thing, and anything, any complaint comes in, our department is going to deal with this ourselves. Because you've caused too much stress, too much turmoil, too much damage to this community by all the acts you've done. Especially this one. This is insane. You broke into this young girl. Why do you think she's a bad dog owner? And the Karen's like, well, that her dog barked at me. And the police officer's like, What? Is that it? And she's like, well, and he says, no, no, this is insane. You broke into this, this family's house and you stole something of theirs. You robbed them. This is ridiculous. The fact that they're not pressing charges, in my, my opinion, is ridiculous. But if you do one more thing, this department will use all of our resources to make sure that you are no longer a menace to this community. And the Karen is completely deflated at this point. It's like, I understand, sir and walks away. The police officer is like, guys, if you have any other sightings of this woman, right, please send them in. We'll do everything, right? And, you know, uh, Gabby's mom's like, well, we're getting a better backyard. We're also installing security cameras or motion sensor cameras that'll take videos of anything. And if she's in the backyard again, we'll also have proof and we'll come in for sure. And the police officer's like, thank you for reporting this. This is insane. She's been a menace for years, but I promise, like, if anything ever happens again, not even just with you guys, but in general with her, she will no longer be a problem to any of you guys. And they thank the police officer. They go back home. And, you know, Gabby just spends some Click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. How's it going, everyone? Today, we got a crazy story of a Karen who literally, like, punches the subscriber in the nose because of an absolutely ridiculous reason, which you will soon find out. But I just know you'll enjoy this story, so sit back, relax, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and let's call the subscriber who submitted the story Chase. So anyways, this all happened one summer when Chase was at a summer camp because Chase was a camp counselor there. Chase had been going to the summer camp for a long time, but after a while, you know, he got old enough that he could actually be a, you know, a camp counselor and get paid. And it was pretty cool because, you know, he kind of grew up with that camp, so it was a really nice thing. So anyways, they had at the end of the week, it was kind of like a, I would say, 
a performing arts, but kind of like an artsy camp, but also not like painting, like very sophisticated. I don't want to say some stuff is sophisticated and some stuff isn't. It was a very relaxed, informal, do whatever you want to do, but it just had a lot of people who enjoyed more of the artistic side is what I'm trying to say. So anyways, at the end of the week for this camp, is a talent show where everyone basically, uh, they, they practice for the week, they're given resources, attention, whatever, and at the end of the week, they show off in front of everyone, and then there's also kind of, there's a kind of a reward at the end, there's a prize of like, to say, the camp gives a prize to one person who they think really stands out, even though they like everyone's work, that's been a tradition as well. So anyways, there's a kid named Ben. Ben happens to be the son of a Karen, however, Chase doesn't know this yet. So Ben is like, he's really working on his uh, poster board and he wants to do it all about his dog, but he wants to make it really cool. And Chase is kind of like the camp counselor that Ben really gravitates towards. And it's just, you know, Ben and Chase start to have a pretty good relationship. And Ben is like, I don't know, I'm really like nervous to present this in front of all these people. I don't think it's good enough. I don't feel worthy, kind of stuff along those lines. And Chase goes on to say, you know, man, like, I've, like, looked around, and your stuff is in line with everyone else's. Your thing is amazing. You're going to do a great job. You need to trust me on this. And that was really just words of encouragement to Ben that he really needed to hear. So anyways, all the drama, all the nonsense, all the craziness actually happens the day of the talent show. So let's just skip ahead to that day. So on the final day of camp that Friday... You know, it's a normal day that Friday. However, everyone comes back that night. And the camp kind of puts on a big, fun, like, food festival. So you come, you eat, you do all that good stuff. And after everyone has dinner, the parents who are also invited to come back, they sit in kind of this auditorium. And then there's a big stage. And one by one, everyone goes on there and presents. And maybe they're a singer. Maybe they're presenting something, some kind of creative artwork or something, right? It's kind of just like a creative camp where kids are allowed, just given resources to do what they want to do, and then show it off by the end of the week. So on the day, Ben was really nervous, and he came up to uh, he came up to Chase, and Chase is like, man, trust me, you're going to do great out there. I know for a fact everyone's going to love it. And that's when Ben says, and I also told my mom about, like, the number one prize thing, like, or the camp prize, and she really wants me to win it. And the thing is, Chase was confident that Ben was going to do great. Chase knew almost for a fact who was going to win it. Because the camp counselors, they have a vote, and they kind of decide who's going to win the award. It could be decided at the very end, but for the most part, the camp counselors are seeing the progress of all of these projects throughout the day. So, or throughout the week. So they kind of already know going into it what's going to be the winner. And they kind, of, they kind of decide before the fact. However, they can always say, oh, well, we change our mind. And what Ben, or ben, not Ben, Chase, the camp counselor and the subscriber, kind of knew that the winner was going to be this singer girl who had a beautiful voice, the best voice any of them have ever heard. So Chase didn't want to get Ben's hopes up, but he also didn't want to leak who was going to win before the fact. And he's like, you know what, um, you know, that prize, it's only given out to one person. And it's like, we, there's like 100 people at this camp. So I wouldn't really focus on that. I would just focus on doing a good job and having fun. And Ben goes on to say, yeah, I don't really care. I don't need the prize. I just know my mom has been saying a lot about it. Little did, uh, little did Chase know that Ben's mom happened to be a massive Karen that would end up smacking him straight in the nose with her fist. 
However, this was pretty unpredictable, as you don't assume that every mom is going to come in and just slam you in the face. But hey, man, stranger stuff has happened before. So let's skip ahead to that night. So everyone went home briefly, and they went back to their parents. And around 6 at night, you start to see cars pulling up or chases seeing cars pulling up with parents and kids who've been working on stuff all week. And it's pretty cool because you've been working with these kids to see their parents and all that stuff. And Ben drags his mom over to, 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 to chase and Ben's like, like, mom, 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 this is the camp counselor that was like been helping me out. That's been doing a great job. And the Karen, a.k.a. Ben's mom, is actually quite nice in the beginning. That's one thing about Karens. Sometimes they appear very friendly and cordial, but given enough time, given enough prodding, and in the wrong situation, they will explode and show their true colors. So Karen's like, hello there, Chase. Ben has told me all about you and how you've been helping him so much. And Chase is like, yeah, your son's a very special boy. Like, he's very, he's great at what he's doing. I love, like, his creativity. I love his enthusiasm. He's going to do great tonight. And she's like, you know, I know he's going to do great tonight. And that's, she should have ended it there. She should have ended it there, but she didn't. The Karen goes on to say, and I also just know that he's going to win the number one prize. And remember, Chase already knows that he, he's not, you know. <laughs> he already knows that that's not the case. So he's like, you know, ma'am, I don't know who's going to win the prize, but there's a lot of people and we, you know, it, I, I don't know. Like maybe there's a chance, like, but it doesn't really matter. It really just matters if he's going to have a fun time. And the Karen's like, well, now, actually, I have already bought a shelf that I'm going to display his number one trophy on. So he better be winning it. And I'm assuming, since you guys are such close friends, that you're going to make that happen, young man. At this point, Chase is looking at her, looking at the Karen, and is kind of like, oh, no. She thinks I'm going to rig it so that Chase, or so that Ben wins. Chase goes on to say, hey, like, I'm, I will definitely, like, I'm a big fan of what Ben does, but just know there are, like, 19 other camp counselors, and we put it to a vote, so I don't really have control over this. The Karen winks at him and says, is like, wink, okay, don't have control, then kind of whispers, I know you'll do the right thing. And Karen and the Ben watch the Ben. Karen and Ben walk off. And Chase is like, oh, she is not going to like me after she hears who wins the, the camp award. She is not going to like me. So sure enough, let's just skip ahead to the day of the camp, right? So everyone's really excited. It's a really big deal. It's really fun. Life is good. Everyone is like behind stage. After eating, all the parents are now in the audience. They're looking in. And Ben is starting to freak out behind stage. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's really happening. Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. And, you know, Chase is just like, dude, chill out. You're good. Like, this is really great. Like, we've practiced this a million times. You're a cool dude. Everyone's going to like you. you got to trust me on this. He's like, I know. I know. You're right. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm still scared. I'm still freaking out. I, I, I just don't know, man. And sure enough, Chase is like, dude. You're going to be totally fine. Don't worry about it. When you go out there, just pretend like I'm the only one in the audience. Just do exactly, just present for me. You know, don't present for them, present for me. And that, I guess, made Ben feel better. He's like, okay, man, I'll do it. So sure enough, it's time for Ben to go out there. He walks out there and he does it really confidently because he's thinking like, oh, I'm just presenting for my buddy Chase. So anyways, right, you know, you know, Ben comes back behind stage. Everyone claps for his like, 
dog poster presentation. The camp was cool because you could literally do anything. Like, you could make a poster, put photos of your dog on it, and be like, bro, this is my thing. They'd be like, all right, your thing's your thing, man. We don't choose, you choose. So anyways, right, um, you know, he comes back behind stage, and Chase gives him a big high five, and Chase is like, oh, dude, that was awesome. Ben's like, I'm so excited I just did that. I'm feeling so good about myself. Oh, my God, this is so awesome. Just kind of, like, really encouraging stuff like that. And sure enough, right, you know, uh, other people go on, and that's when the girl with the incredible voice goes on, and she kills it. She does an even better job than she's done all week practicing. Ben, or uh, Chase, was kind of thinking, well, there's a chance that she messes up and doesn't really have a perfect presentation, then we'd have to maybe maybe do a revote. But by the end of it, Chase is like, yeah, okay, she won. And I would assume that most people in the audience at that point also know that she definitely won. But there was one person who did not know this fact, and that was the Karen. Because the Karen was convinced that Chase was, like, the owner of the camp or, like, ran the the, the prize pool or something or ran, like, the contest to decide who was going to win. So she was confident that her little boy was going to win because Chase was going to rig it for him, which Chase was not going to do that for him. Look, Chase really liked Ben, but one, Chase was one of 20 counselors. 19 people are not going to vote with him because he asks. Two, he's also going to vote for, you know, who he really thinks deserves it. Ben is a great kid. Chase really enjoyed mentoring Ben. Ben had a great time. Ben also doesn't care about the prize. And also, this girl, you know, deserves the prize. She had the most outstanding, spectacular performance of them all. So he voted for her before, and nothing's going to change that. So anyways, a few more people go on, and then all the presentations happen. A, guy, a counsel, counselor goes out there and says, all right, guys, like, like all the kids can go back to their parents, but we will in 20 minutes be presenting the winner's cup to whoever wins the camp award. Just know that out of all the 100 people, you all did an incredible job. We just like give it like it's just a tradition to give this out. No hard feelings if you don't get it. You're all great. Right, so they go back behind stage, and all the camp camp counselors are like, yeah, okay, that girl, like, we'll just call her Kate. Yeah, Kate's getting it. They're like, oh, yeah, Kate, 100%. So it's immediately, like, unanimous that, yeah, Kate's going to win this. She was incredible. Of course she's going to get it, right? And, uh, you know, a little part of, like, Chase was like, maybe I should be like, I think Ben should get it. Oh, my God, who said that? Yeah, I think Ben should get it too. Oh, wow, I think we're in consensus. Ben should win. But, you know, Chase knew what the right answer was. So anyways, 20 minutes goes by, and that's when they go out, and one of the camp counselors is like, all right, everyone, now, winner of the Camp Cup, drum roll, please, is Kate, last name. And everyone erupts in the applause, and Kate, the girl, walks on stage, and, you know, one of the camp counselors walks over with one of those, like, fake trophy things, and she picks it up. And that's when you hear, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point, all, everyone just stops clapping and just turns around. Just to hear, no! No! And just, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Real quick comment, Karen, if you made it this far into the video, I'm just curious to see all the names and faces of people who made it this far. And also, if you want to continue supporting the channel, 
just keep watching videos. Literally watching a bunch of videos in a row, watching long videos for a long time, it just helps the channel out so much. And I'm curious, what are you doing while watching these videos? Are you just watching a video or are you putting these to the side while doing something else? I'm genuinely curious, put in the comment section. I'm dropping a bunch of hearts on comments to say thanks. Also, for the next 24 hours, use code CONNORPUGS at GAMERSUPS to get 20% off. If you're watching this video after the first day of its release, if you use code CONNORPUGS, you will still get 10% off, which is a great deal. It doesn't just, you know, help you, it also helps me. And also, one thing I didn't say in the promo video of the launch is that if enough of our community, like, gets the gamer subs and enjoys it there's a chance that we'll be able to make our very own community cup where we can put whatever we want on it and then be able to drink you know energy drinks out of our own personal cup which i think is awesome so if you do want to buy it make sure to use the code and you'll get a percentage off i'll help feed my pugs and then we can also make a really cool drink together anyways let's get back to the story as it's pretty crazy right now if you couldn't already tell but anyways, right, so the Karen is in the middle of saying, No! No! And then <laughs> people behind the stage are like, Yo, someone's got to deal with that woman, bro. She's going crazy. At this point, Chase is like, Oh my god, dude. I, I don't want, I don't want to do, and everyone points to Chase like, Bro, you were like next on the to-do list. So basically... They had a, like, to-do list, which was, they had a list of the camp counselors, and whenever there was something that no one wanted to do, the first person on that list would have to do it. Did someone wet their pants? No one wants to deal with it. Who's first on the to-do list? And every single time someone did something, their name was etched off. And it went down the list, and who was next? It was Chase. Yeah, maybe this was probably the biggest thing anyone has been asked to do, but they all swore by the to-do list in the beginning. So unfortunately, that's just how it goes. So Chase kind of walks downstage, and he's trying to figure out where this Karen is, right? He doesn't actually know it's Ben's mom yet, but he's like, oh my God, what's going on? And there's this woman sitting there going, no. Okay, you get the point. <laughs> you guys get the point. And he's like, okay, he walks over, Chase walks over. He's like, ma'am, ma'am, please. And this is when the Karen is like, you, you said that you would rig it for my son. And everyone turns around and is like, what the, what, huh, bro? What did she just say? And Chase is like, whoa, ma'am, I never said that. I said that I was mentoring your son and really enjoyed what he did and thinks he's a great kid. And Karen's like, and that means that you would rake it for my son. If you really loved him, you'd cheat for him. And Chase is like, bro, love him. I've known him for five days. He's cool. We're buddies. Like, you know, I kind of mentor him. He's a cool kid. He also doesn't care about this award, ma'am. And he told me that only you care about it. So please allow Kate, the beautiful, wonderful singer, to get her award in peace. Because remember, Kate's standing up there holding the award awkwardly. She's just like in an awkward position because this woman screams, no, just in the middle of it, right? Just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, wh wh why? Why be like this? Why? Bro, what? A anyways, right, the Karen is like, I don't understand. I thought we had a deal. Chase is like, we don't have a deal. And so Ben is standing next to like Karen at this point. And Ben kind of tugs on his mom's arm, the Karen, right? And is like, Mom, please, you're embarrassing me. And she's like, stop, I'm standing up for you. 
Your dog poster presentation was clearly better than that witch's terrible singing. And Chase is like, ma'am, do not insult the other kids here. Bro, it's crazy when Karens, like, insult other kids because their kids didn't win. I swear, I, I, I've been looking through story, Karen stories, so many of them. So many, like, the Karens are like, my son's the best. Your son is trash and garbage and an L, a walking L, in front of their faces. I don't know why. He's a kid, too. But anyways, right, you know, Chase is like, ma'am, please, you know what? Uh, there's only, like, five minutes left. If you just sit here quietly, we won't ask you to leave, right? And the Karen's like, won't ask me to leave. Won't ask me to leave. I'm going to stay here until my son wins. And I'm going to make as much noise as necessary. No. And just, she's screaming, bro. She throws her head back and screams, no. Just like in the middle of everything, ruining everything. There was supposed to be a nice closing out speech by the camp director. And all the camp counselors are looking at Chase and is like, do something. So Chase is like, ma'am, ma'am, please, ma'am. And he starts like kind of like moving his hands like and kind of like just waving them to get her attention. And the Karen is like, puts her head down. She said, you want my attention? And Chase is like, yes, ma'am, please, can you go? And she's like, this betrayal will not go unrecognized. And Chase is like, okay, ma'am, that's totally fine. Can you please get the middle of the sentence? Boom. Takes the, Karen takes her fist, boom, square in his nose, hits his nose, crunch, blood out of the left, left nostril, boom. He kind of like falls back a little bit, doesn't fall on the ground, but he's completely shocked. He has no idea what just happened. Everyone around him, they start like mumbling. Some people, no one's like screaming or anything, but they're like, oh my God, like, did you just punch him? Oh my, did you just see that? And that's when two of their camp counselors run over and one of them reaches out his arm, he's like, his hand, he's like, yo, dude, are you okay? Chase is just like, dude, what just happened? And the other one's like, ma'am, I'm going to ask you to leave right now. And the Karen's like, you're going to have to fight me first. Karen literally swings again on this other guy, but he was prepared, so he dodged it, right? And that's when he, like, you know, Chase looks back, he sees another guy calling, he pulls out, like, his phone, and he calls security. Chase doesn't know that at the time, but you understand when security comes in one minute later. So anyways, the Karen's like, wanna fight? Wanna fight? Wanna fight? I'ma punch you, bro. I'ma punch you, bro. You didn't get my kid number one? Then you were gonna go down. Ben's like, mom, please stop. Please, mom, please. And she's like, uh-uh, I'm standing up for you, Ben. I'm standing up for you, Ben. And that's when both of her hands were pulled behind her. And these two big security guards were like, you're coming with me, ma'am. And she's like, take your hands off me. Take your grubby hands off me immediately. I am a woman and I deserve cur Like, what are you doing? Ow, you're hurting me. Security guards are like, ma'am, we do not care. You literally just, one, assaulted one of our employees and two, tried to assault another employee while causing a massive scene, we're taking you out of here. So the security guards practically dragged this woman out of here, right? She's kicking and screaming, no, the entire time. And out the door, and then it closes. And Chase is, and then the camp counselor goes up and says, hey, everyone, uh, we're going to restart the final bit of our program, which is 10 minutes long, in five minutes. Please wait here while we figure it out behind stage. So Chase goes backstage, someone gets some ice, someone gets him a band-aid, like it's not a good scene, and they're like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna start where we're handing out the award, 
Then we're going to do the final, like the clap, the final uh, presentation or whatever. We're just going to keep going like nothing happened. So anyways, you know, people go out, like one of the camp counselors goes on stage. is like, all right, Kate, are you still there? And Kate's now back in the audience. And they're like, we'd like to give you a proper congratulations for winning. So she comes back on stage and Chase notices, because Chase is behind the stage right now. He's getting his like nose looked at. Someone's like, you should go to the hospital for that. And he's like, yeah, I'll go after. Like I probably broke something. And he looks out and he sees Ben, who's all crying and teared up. He's sitting in the audience alone because his mother not just embarrassed him, but also got <laughs> dragged out by security. So Chase is like, oh man, I can't let this happen. So Chase kind of like very quietly walks out to the audience, sits next to Ben. And Ben's like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And Chase is like, dude, you can't control your mother. Don't worry about it. And Ben's like, I'm so embarrassed. Starts to tear up again. He's like, hey, buddy, like, you're good. I just saw you out here alone. And I'm like, I can't have my little buddy out here alone. I'm going to sit with you for the rest of this. And, you know, Ben stops his crying. And he's like, okay, that's cool. And so, yeah, Chase and Ben sit there. They watch the rest of the program, right? So anyways, the aftermath is Ben really wants to come back. But the, the events say, like, hey, like, your mom is banned from ever coming here. She can never step foot on here. Like, I don't know if we can have you come back. And that's where Chase really fights with the administration to be like, hey, I know this kid Ben is great. His mom's insane, but trust me, like, he's a really good kid. I'm sure that, like, he's great for this program. So after a lot of fighting, Chase was able to get a deal where if Ben decided to come back next year, his mom could drop him up and pick him up but she couldn't, like, step foot on the campus, basically, and that, you know, Ben would have to be walked to her car. But Ben was able to come back, which is all Chase wanted, to, wanted, and, you know, Chase was able to, like, send a message to, you know, Ben's mom basically saying, hey, I know, like, I know we had a bit of a tough moment. Well, the, he didn't send it, but the administration said, hey, like, so while you're still banned from coming, like, if your son wants to, like, attend next year, he can. The next year rolls around. This happened a while ago. Chase was a camp counselor. There was three weeks to the program. And Chase was really wondering if he was ever going to see his little buddy again, right, Ben. He's, he's been through a lot, right? Poor Ben. And so the, there's, three, there's three terms. And the first term, right, you know, kids come, they go. Second week, kids come, they go. The third week, you know, Chase is kind of sitting there. He's a little bummed out. Like, he kind of, like, he's like, ah, I wish Ben came, right? And all the kids are being dropped off. And, you know, it's just, he doesn't see Ben on any of the lists. And he just assumes Ben is not going to come back. And that's when he sees a car pull up. And this kid kind of, like, walk out of it and walk towards him. And sure enough, it's Ben. And Ben just goes running straight towards Chase, jumps up, gives him a big hug. And Chase is like, ah, oh, buddy, you're coming back. Like, I'm so excited. Like, that's awesome, man so excited to see you here. And, you know, Chase is like, yeah, like my mom was not letting me come back for the longest time. But then I asked for Christmas if I could come and, you know, she couldn't say no at that point. And my dad stepped in and said I had to go. It was a good learning experience and built good character. And here I am. And so sure enough, right, Ben came back the next year. And, you know, he also presented again, did another project. He didn't win, but that's okay because he didn't need to win, and also his Karen mom did not show up and try and fight the staff, which is always good. Click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a good day because today we have a combination story of both a spoiled kid and a Karen. Yes, not just a spoiled kid, not just a Karen, but both of them in the same story. I know you'll enjoy it. 
By the way, I'm just up, I'm starting to upload short stories on a shorts channel. It'll be the first link in the description. It might always be, it might also be the pinned comment if I can remember. So go subscribe to that channel if you also want shorter stories in your feed. But anyways, let's just jump right into it. So anyways, let's call the subscriber who submitted this story, uh, Ben. Let's call him Ben. That's a classic name on the channel. So anyways, right, Ben was in class and there in, his, in Ben's class, there's a spoiled kid. And this spoiled kid was kind of just known as the kid who kind of got everything that he wanted. He also didn't have to work for anything and didn't really understand the value of like, do something, put in the work, and you'll get something valuable, right? He understood the, I want something, I cry, I scream, I pout, and then I get it, right? That's kind of how the spoiled kid's mentality worked. That's not how, you know, everyone else's meant. That's not how you should be doing it, but that's how the spoiled kid was doing it, right? And there was a very big test coming up. And, you know, the spoiled kid did not want to study for it. And basically before, like a week before the test, the teacher's like, hey, guys, I know you're aware, but the very big assignment is coming up. Um, I'm going to ask, like, the, you're, you have no homework for the rest of the week. The only thing I ask is that every single day that you, that you put in the work to study, trust me, like, if you don't do it, you'll only be harming yourself and your grade. He said, okay, today I'm going to put you guys into small groups so that you can prepare with a random partner. So Ben and the spoiled kid are randomly put together. And, you know, Ben and the spoiled kid sit down and Ben, and there's like a little sheet of like quizzing each other. And basically you can, it, it, it goes over all the topics that'll be on the test. The idea is that you'll get a sense of what you need to study and what you need to review if like you get something wrong on the sheet. And so anyway, so Ben's like, hey, like, uh, do you know what question the answer to question one is? And the spoiled kid is like, no. Ben's like, Okay, um, that that's cool. Uh, do you know what the answer to question two is? And the spoiled kid's like, no, I do not. And uh, Ben's like, okay, that's cool as well. And then, do you know any of these answers? And the spoiled kid's like, no, and I don't care that I don't know them. So Ben's like, oh, so you're gonna you're gonna study this week? And the spoiled kid is like, also, no, I have no plans to do that. And uh, Ben's just like, um. Well, I mean, you haven't got the answers correct here. You don't plan to study for it. So do you plan to fail the assignment? And Ben's like, no. In fact, I know I'll do better than you. And uh, Ben was just like, bro, what are you saying? Like, of course you're not going to do better than me. Like, I know most of these answers, and I'm still going to study every single day of the week. And because it's getting a little heated, the spoiled kid and Ben were going back and forth. The teacher walks over and is like, guys, please. Calm down, like, it's just studying, like, doesn't have to be, don't have to break into a brawl, right, just because you're studying with a partner, like, come on, guys, let's, let's chill out a little bit. So anyways, you know, they go back to, like, kind of, like, whispering at each other, like, Ben's like, dude, what do you even mean? And the spoiled kid's like, I'm gonna do better than you, and I know that for a fact. So anyways, in the end of that class, you know, Ben goes over and talks to his friend, who's also in that class, and it's like, hey, like, you know, spoiled kid? He's like, yeah, I know, spoiled kid. He's like, yeah, this kid doesn't know any of the answers, isn't going to study, and says he's going to do better than me. And the kid's like, well, your friend, like, spoiled kid's either delusional or he's planning on cheating. And let me just say that the friend was incredibly correct with the second statement. He was not delusional. Oh, I mean, he was a bit delusional, but he didn't think, the spoiled kid knew that, you know, if he didn't study and he didn't know the answers, he wasn't going to get a good grade on this test, legitimately. So the spoiled kid already knew that his plan was not to study, but his plan was to cheat on this assignment. 
So anyways, the next couple days go by, and by the last day before class, or the last day, actually, yes, the lunch before class, because Ben and all those people had their class period right after lunch, so they were all sitting at lunch. It is like uh, one, it, they have like 20 minutes before the five, like the big assessment. And they're all sitting at the table together just because, I don't know, they just happen to be. And, you know, someone asks about like, hey, does everyone feel ready? And everyone says yes. And the spoiled kid proclaims extremely proudly, I know for a fact that I'm going to do the best out of everyone here. And someone's like, uh, okay, like, What's like, and then uh, one of the kids at the table asks them a very basic question, right? A very basic question that if you studied or would have like prepared, you would have known. It's a very basic question that was probably going to be like question one on the test. The spoiled kid said, I have no idea. And the kids are like, everyone at the table breaks out and like, whoa, what? Everyone's like, uh, some people are like laughing. Some people are just like, oh my God. And, and, and the kid who asked the question is like, dude. That's like the easiest question possible. How are you proclaiming that you're going to do better than everyone else at this test while you can't even get question one correct, dude? Like, no offense, but I really don't think that you're going to get like 100% or do better than everyone here. And the kid says, I have a trick up my sleeve. And Ben was sitting at the table. And that's when Ben remembered that like his conversation with his friend like a couple days ago about the spoiled kid is either delusional or he's going to cheat. And the thing is, right, the spoiled kid didn't just say, I have a trick up my sleeve, like, as a figure of speech. He literally meant he has a trick up his sleeve, as you guys will see. So anyways, lunch is done, and it's finally time for the big assessment. So they all walk into class, they sit down, the teacher says, all right, guys, you have 60 minutes to finish this assignment uh, or this test. I assume that it'll take most people around, you know, 40 minutes. Feel free to leave when you're done. I just, you know, it's a, I, I made the test like 40 minutes long and give you 60 minutes just so you can look over your work. I highly suggest that you do. And anyways, you know, when you get your test, you may begin. Teacher went around, started passing out the tests. Little pet peeve of mine is when a teacher says that, when you get the test, you may begin. And I happen to just be randomly at the back of the room and I'm like the last person to get the test. And I get it like two minutes after the first person has started. I'm like, bro, can I get those two minutes back? Whatever though. Anyway, so the tests are hand out and Ben is going through it and he's like filling in the answers and the test honestly is not as hard as he expected. That might have been because, you know, he paid attention in class and studied, but either way, the test was not as difficult as he imagined it was going to be. And that's when he looked over at the spoiled kid because he's like, okay, if I'm doing like, if I'm doing fine, like if I'm doing okay, no way the spoiled kid's doing okay. Because he's like, while Ben knew that the answers were easy for him, he knew that if he didn't study nor pay attention, which the spoiled kid clearly did not, that he would have not got a single answer on this test, right? So he looks over at the spoiled kid, and sure enough, right, the spoiled kid is answering questions. And he's like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. And that's when, you know, the sp he looks closer, and the spoiled kid is, like, looking at his paper, writing something down, and then, like, lifting down his sleeve and looking at a bunch of writing on his arm. And Ben's like, bro, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, right? I I'm pretty sure that the spoiled kid does not have a tattoo. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on this one. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, I'm pretty sure the spoiled kid last time I checked does not have a freaking tattoo on his arm. So Ben wasn't about a snitch, which I mean, look, if someone's cheating in the class and you tell the teacher like, I'm not going to do it personally, but I don't really, I wouldn't hate you if you did. I can see where you're coming from that. But Ben personally was like, all right, you know, 
you know, screw this kid for like cheating when we're all trying. But at the end of the day, this is like eighth grade. I don't really care. Like whatever kid can do what he wants. So anyways, uh, the spoiled kid continues to cheat egregiously. Like every, like he's not even trying to hide it. This might've been part of the overconfidence that he had for being a spoiled kid, right? Because he keeps very clearly lifting down his sleeve, looking at his arm, and then lifting it back up and writing on the test. And the problem for the spoiled kid was that he was doing it so obviously that the teacher caught on. And in the middle of class, you know, Ben is looking down, and then he just, Ben happens to look up. I think Ben was looking at the clock at the front of the room to see what the time was. Maybe he was just thinking, so he had to stare in the space. But he looks up at the teacher, and he sees the teacher sitting at the front of his desk. And the teacher isn't looking at a piece of paper. He isn't doing paperwork. He isn't on his phone. He isn't on his computer. The teacher is staring at a student. And Ben is like, why is the teacher staring at a student? This is really weird. So anyways, right, you know, he looks and he kind of like looks at where the teacher is staring and he sees the teacher is staring directly at the spoiled kid as the spoiled kid very obviously is cheating in class. So after about like 30 seconds of the teacher just watching the spoiled kid cheat again and again and again, you know, he gets up and he walks over very quickly and he grabs the spoiled kid's arm and pulls down the sleeve and is like, I need to talk to you outside right now. So anyways, he grabs the spoiled kid, drags him out of class, and everyone kind of turns around and is like, ooh, someone's in trouble. You, you know how that goes. So anyways, you know, the class continues on. People finish their tests and assignments, and the teacher comes back into class. But you know who doesn't come back into class? The spoiled kid. Supposedly, he was sent up to the front office and, you know, stuff like that. The thing is about those teachers, he made it very clear in the beginning of the year. You know, he's like, you know what? I will be very nice with giving you extra credit. I'll be very nice with giving you makeup assignments. I'll be very nice about, you know, I don't know, giving you whatever you need, right? You know, if you need an extra credit assignment, um, if you put work on your paper showing that you know stuff from class, I can help you with that. I will help you get you a good grade if you show that you try. However, if I see or catch you cheating, I will fail you on the assignment. You will get a zero, no questions asked. He said, I'm very nice on the helping side, but if you come, like, if you try and, if you, like, break this trust, I will have no mercy. He basically made that very clear. So I think that's a very fair stance to take as a teacher, but it's a very, very strict one, at least apparently in the class. So Ben was pretty clear right away that, you know, he, he realized, like, okay, so spoiled kid, you know, he's not going to do better than everyone else, actually. He's actually about to fail this. And uh, sure enough, the spoiled kid did fail. However, spoiled kid was not going down without a fight because the spoiled kid had another trick up his sleeve, not like literal writing, but a figure of speech. He had his Karen mother and his Karen mother was about to come into class the next day. And it's about to be the craziest Karen experience with the spoiled kid you've ever heard of. Real quick, comment Karen if you made it this far into the video. i just like to see how many people made it this far into the names and faces. And I'll try and heart a bunch of comments to people who do. And also, if you want to support the channel, all you got to do is after this video, watch another video. Just watching a bunch of my videos really does boost the channel. And let me know in the comment section down below what you're doing while watching my videos. Some people are just watching my videos, but some people are playing a video game, trying to go to sleep. That's totally cool. I used to take offense, but now I understand it's super important. And Anything like that, let me know in the comments. And also, if you use code Connor Pugs on Gamer Subs, you get 10% off anything that they have. 
It supports you by giving you 10% off. It actually also supports me if you use the code and get something there. And also something I forgot to say in kind of like the video introducing this partnership is if enough of you guys actually go there and get product using the code, if enough of our community goes and uses the code, we might actually be able to make our own custom cup, which is super cool. And I think it's like the first almost like type merch type thing we'd ever be able to do. So if you do that, make sure to actually go to my Instagram or go to Discord. And if you buy something using the code, send me an image and I'll follow you back or add you on Discord or whatever. I'll try and say thank you in some way. Anyways, let's get back to the story. So, all right, just a little recap of what just happened. The kid got caught cheating and he's coming back the next day. But as I said earlier, he's coming back with a new trick up his sleeve, his Karen mom. And I also have two guests to help commentate on the story as I'm telling the story. They'll give a little live opinion on this. Uh, hello, say hello to Tagswagon and Gween. Um, yeah, you might have watched their channels. Both their channels will be, will be in the description. Tag Swag does stories like me, and Gwen does reaction type stuff. You'll like both of them. But anyways, right, let's just get into it, and I'll have them hop in every once in a while. So, right, the next day comes around, and, you know, Ben is back in class, and the teacher is handing back the tests or assignments or whatever, and kids are doing pretty well. There was one kid who was very clearly not in the class. It was a spoiled kid. The spoiled kid was not in the class because uh, he was waiting he was coming in with the extra, with the, his secret weapon, right? Ten minutes in the class, boom, door slams open. And who is it? It's not just a spoiled kid, it is also the Karen. And the teacher, and the Karen knows that the spoiled kid failed the assignment because he cheated. And if you cheat, you get a zero in this class, right? And he was caught cheating. And she comes in, and the Karen is like, where's the teacher? Where's the teacher? I need to speak to him. And the teacher, this very clearly a teacher standing right there, and the teacher turns around and is like, Hello, ma'am? Hello? So Karens are very clearly the worst, and uh, Nguyen and Tagswag actually have their own little Karen story when they were at work. Uh, take it away. So basically, there was this Karen at our work, and... I see it. Yeah. <laughs> she came, it. Yeah, she came in one day, and, you know, when, when we saw her there... It was just already that that moment kicked in. Like, you knew it? Yep, yeah, I just knew, knew it. it. She had the haircut and everything. And ah, you oh already my know. god, it, it was bad. It was <laughs> just like like those typical Karens you see on I the mean, internet. I mean, sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know. But, yeah, uh, anyways, yeah I knew right away. So she bought something. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. She bought something. 12-inch Dilton. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so she bought something left the store, but then she came back in, like, she was pissed. I don't know what for, I don't know why, but she just went up to, like... Day, so, you know, no, I, yeah, she that, probably... Anyways. Yeah, what happened? She just fucking went up to the, uh, customer service desk, uh -huh. and she, she was heated. She was so mad. I don't, I don't know why, I couldn't really tell what was happening. What was she saying? Uh, she's like, can I speak to your manager or something no like way. that? Like, she let me the, get to she the, said the line. She, she said, said the, the line, line something like the line. She's like, can I speak to your manager or something like that? And then uh, what happened after that? Um, oh, yeah. And then she threatened to like fire like the person that was back there at what? the time. Was yeah, I don't know. She's like, store? I'm going to get you fired. Oh, no. no she's, <laughs> yeah. So she's like a legit Karen. Mm -hmm. No, she, yeah, crazy. she was, was pretty crazy. legit. And uh, yeah, I was shocked. Like, I was just staring at it like a deer in the headlights i'm like what the fuck is a real life karen sighting yeah yeah it's crazy mm -hmm. all right well that was an example of a karen and now back to the story with our karen so anyways right you know karen comes into class and she's like 
you failed my son and he did nothing wrong. And the teacher's like, well, no, I've proved that he was cheating. I, you know, I saw him cheating. Like I pulled down his elbow and all the answers were on his arm. So at this point, right, that Karen is basically telling the teacher, no, my son wasn't cheating. You don't have any proof. And the teacher goes on to say, well, actually, you know, I brought him into the front office because, you know, cheating's a pretty big deal. And, you know, the principal here saw the writing on his arm and actually took a photo of it. So it's pretty hard to say that he didn't have the writing, like that he wasn't cheating in class. And the Karen says, well, my little boy came back home with no writing on his arm. And he told me that you were lying about the whole thing because you hate him specifically because his genius intimidates you. Teacher's like, what? His genius? What? The Karen's like, yeah. You know what? I thought teachers wanted to nurture genius. I thought teachers wanted to breed the next generation of Einsteins. But no. No, you hate him because he's smarter than you. Teacher's like, ma'am, like, uh, your son is very great, I guess. Um, however, that, that's, not, that's not what happened here. And, you know, he goes on to say, I, I caught him cheating. The Karen's like, you know what? You're a terrible teacher. You're bad at your job. And speaking of Karens calling people bad at their jobs, I got another story from Nguyen of when a Karen told him that he was bad at his bagging job, which of course a Karen would do that. Okay, so basically, I used to work at a grocery store. Well, you know, me me and Tag Swag did. And pretty much, well, uh, yeah, there was this one lady who just absolutely hated me for whatever reason. I don't know. I, I don't know if she was a regular or what, but... You know, she would come in every so often, and I, I, I kind of just noticed her glaring at me whenever she came in. And basically, well, um, this lady, she came through my line, and I, I was bagging. I don't know. I don't remember specifically what I bagged that got her mad. Maybe it was because I put. I, I don't remember. It was like, I put eggs. I put eggs with bread, no! and she got pissed. Oh my god. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <God damn. laughs> I put eggs with bread and she got pissed off. I don't know how, like, I don't know why people care that much, but she told me that I was terrible at my job because... Did she start throwing the eggs at you or something? Or oh, just... <laughs> that would have been a great story if she that did. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I probably would have gotten fired because I would have threw eggs back at her, but... <laughs> I mean, <I> <laughs> that would have been worth it. Yeah, yeah that would have been right. worth it. So, like, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Not the Karen story? Yeah. All right, so as you can see, Karen's big bad, especially when they claim, like, oh my god, you're bad at your job, something that I have no idea about and you're probably good at. But anyways, right, so the Karen is like, and you're terrible at your job. You should have nurtured my son. And the teacher goes, ma'am, like, I've told everyone that if they need help, my doors are always open. In fact, I gave them a week notice that this test was coming. I gave them no homework this entire week so that they could have the ability to study each day. And each day I had some sort of in-class assignment that was around the test. He had all the time in the world to prepare for it. Like, come on now, this is ridiculous. And the Karen starts being like, you know what? You're the one who's lying. Show me proof. Show me proof that he's cheating. And the teacher's like, okay. And the Karen's kind of like, what? And the teacher goes to his computer, types something up, and sends an email to the front desk saying, hey, can you send over the, can you fax over the photos of, you know, the, the kid's arm that had all the notes on it, right? And he had a fax machine, which was this, like, the, in the 1980s. Was there a fax machine in the story? But anyways, he's waiting around. The Karen's like, nice try. I'm calling your bluff right now. 
And the little spoiled kid is sitting there next to the Karen, looking a little bit nervous because, I mean, the kid was cheating, right? I mean, they got a photo of him. But anyways, right, the Karen is so confident, like, my little boy would never lie to me. You're lying, and I'm going to prove it to everyone. And everyone in the class is just kind of, like, sitting there, just like, bro, what's going on? And sure enough, like, the fax machines rings, the, 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 the piece of paper comes out. I don't know if it's, I don't know, maybe it was a printer. Somehow, he got the image on his, like, computer, got it out there, pulls it up, and says, like, this was your son's arm. The Karen looks at it. The Karen looks at it closely. And you could see the expression on the Karen's face of, like, oh, yeah, I'm wrong here. And the Karen's like, no, you, you know what? This, this was photoshopped. And the teacher's like, what? The girl's like, yes, this was very clearly photoshopped because my son would never, ever do anything like this. It's so obvious that you photoshopped this. The teacher's like, what? What do you mean? Like, no, obviously not. And he turns to class, he says, class, like, did anyone's, like, you saw that, like, yesterday, right? Everyone in the class, like, says, yes. And even Ben at this point is like, yeah, I actually saw the kid, like, cheating the entire time. The teacher turns to all of them and says, you're all in on it. And he turns to the teacher, how much did you pay them off to say this? Speaking about complaining about when you get a grade that you deserve and you think that you deserve a different grade, which is so annoying to me. Like, there's always a kid in my class who's like, no, I got a 99. I'm like, bro, I got an 80. Chill. But anyways, right, I'm going to pass the phone over for a little rant on this. Bro, I just, I did not like just the kids that would rant about that shit. It was so annoying. Like, whenever I'd get a test back, I got an 85. There was always that kid in the back that was like, no, I got a 95. No! Oh, my God. Oh, my world is over. No, the world's over. No. You got 95. No. <laughs> nah, I just, I don't know. I just felt like, damn, bro, that's just ungrateful. How could you be pressed with a 95? Also disrespectful to everyone else in class. Yeah. You probably didn't get the 95. And you have to say, no, everyone, I got a, I got 95, and I'm so sad about it. I'm so good at school. So shut up, bro. Like, come, come on, bro. Like, that, that's enough. That's enough. But yeah, anyways, right, so the Karen and the teacher are having a standoff because the Karen has just been like, oh no, like everyone in this, everyone is wrong but me. If you're ever in a place, unless you're like a genius scientist and you're saying the words, everybody is wrong but me, you're, you're probably not right here. That's all I'm trying to say. But anyways, right, so the Karen is like, no, no, you're all wrong and I'm going to get the manager of the school. He's like, uh, superintendent? Yes, him, give me his contact. And the teacher Teacher's kind of a savage for this. This gives the Karen his own number just to mess with her and we'll text her back or whatever, right? And Karen's like, yeah, you know what? I'm calling the police. I'm calling the manager. I'm getting you fired and I'm suing everyone here. And point, Karen starts pointing to everybody in class. And the teacher's like, are you threatening to sue the kids in class? And she says, yes. And at this point, right, everyone's just looking at the Karen, almost, almost like embarrassed for her at this point. Because it's very clear that, you know, in the beginning she came in super confident, like, yeah, my, you know, this teacher is wrong, my kid is awesome, but, you know, midway through, she gets literal physical proof that her son was cheating. Now she has to, like, kind of, like, I don't know, she doesn't accept it, which whenever you're called out, it's so much better if you just be like, all right, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm sorry. So much smoother than being like, you're all lying! I'm right and you're all wrong, which you know you're not right, you know? And the Karen was, like, continuing to, like, kind of, like, pout and fuss or whatever, and the teacher must have, like, sent another note to the school saying that they have an incident because two security officers walk into the class, and the Karen's like, you can't kick me out of here. This is public property. 
And, you know, Karen, uh, and the, the teacher was like, well, this is a school. Like, it's not like I'm kicking out of a park or something. And she's like, no, you don't understand. She starts, like, getting all physical. And the two security guards are like, all right, ma'am, you don't want to do this here. And she's like, you know, spoiled kid, you're coming with me. Obviously says his real name. But, you know, whenever I have more than one name, I immediately mix them up. And you'll bully me in the comments. So, you know, no name for you. And spoiled kid, she's like, you know, spoiled kid, come with me. You know what? We're getting out of the school. We're getting out of the school district. You're all corrupt and wrong. And they walk out of the class. However, since everyone in the class is so quiet after that just happens, because that's the craziest thing to ever just happened, right? They hear the Karen speaking in the hallway because it kind of like echoes in. And she's like, you like next time when you lie to me, like, like, or next time don't lie to me because I just embarrass myself in front of everyone. Like, how could you cheat on that assignment and then convince me that kind of like, and then the voices trail off and everyone in the class realizes that Karen was full of it and was just trying to save face. But uh, anyways, right, so the teacher's like, all right, class, well, uh, I don't know what to do because w what just happened, everyone kind of laughs a little bit, right? And he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to put on a movie and just reconsider my life and puts on a movie Everyone watches it. And uh, yeah, the spoiled kid does not return. It is such an embarrassment that his mom is like, you know what, screw it, we're moving districts and puts him in another school nearby. But uh, yeah, Ben never hears from the spoiled kid again. And moral of the story is uh, just don't be that kid. Yeah, bye. Click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it, do it. How's it going, everyone? Today, we got a story submitted by a subscriber of a crazy Karen who steals her pet cat. I know you guys will enjoy it today's story so sit back relax subscribe to the channel if you're new and let's just jump right into it so we're going to call the subscriber who submitted this story ava so anyways right ava had a cat and ava's had this cat for a very long time it was one of those pets that she got when she was much younger so she doesn't totally so she didn't get the cat when she was like born but the cat's been her life basically since she can remember Ava's around 12 at this point, and she got the cat when she was like four or five or something like that. So this cat is pretty close to Ava. There's also been rumors of this lady who lives in her neighborhood, and these rumors have been spread by other kids. You know, parents have talked a little bit between each other, but for the longest time, Ava only thought of these, and Ava's parents only told her that these were simply rumors. What were these rumors, you might be asking? Well, the rumors were of this lady who is just called as the crazy cat lady, and we will call the Karen, the crazy cat Karen, right? So anyways, the crazy cat Karen was rumored to have so many cats, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's the way that she was rumored to have gotten these cats, which is the bad thing. She has been rumored, or Ava was told by her friends, and you know, her friends are saying, oh my god, the werewolves are coming out at two in the morning tonight, Ava, be careful. So there's a lot of disinformation coming from these, you know, these other children, right? As it, as that happens, it happens. Um, but uh, this time, they actually were correct. The story goes that the reason why the crazy cat Karen had so many cats was not because she went to, like, I don't know, Petco or adopted so many cats that needed it. It's because she would go around in the neighborhoods surrounding her, so, like, near Ava's neighborhood and all the other neighborhoods and, you know, suburbs or whatever that were near um, where the crazy cat Karen lived, and she'd go along and she would, like, 
stalk out families pets specifically cats and once she found a family's pets or a family's cats that she really liked she would wait for the perfect opportunity steal the cat and never be seen from again and this is kind of like one of those ava kind of thought it was like one of those like i don't know like one of those horror stories like ooh, if you look in the mirror and say bloody mary three times she's gonna come out and get you it's like okay okay Settle down, Jeremy. It's not actually real. And Ava thought that this, uh, you know, the crazy cat Karen stories were kind of under the same guard of like, oh, it's like, come on now. It's, you can't be serious when you say that. So one, another thing, this, actually, no, not another thing. So this all, like, this story happened when Ava was like 11, 12, something like that. And it was like, I don't know. It was in the summertime, she was off from school, and uh, one thing that, you know, Ava did every single day was she let the cat go outside, you know, there's a litter box in the house, but, you know, she tr- she let the cat have some outdoor time. Maybe it wanted to go to the bathroom, maybe it just wanted to, I don't know, exist outside. There, a lot of cats really only stay inside, and Ava didn't, like, walk her cat around the block like a dog with a leash or something. But Ava, you know, let the cat go outside. And the cat was good enough that the cat was never going to just, like, run away. The cat, more or less, always stayed very close to the house, always stayed very close to Ava. And every single day, you know, Ava would walk outside with a cat. And so what, one day, one day on the summer when Ava was around 12, she was outside with her cat. And uh, it was just a very normal day, a very normal time of just, like, you know, she went out with her cat, everything was very normal, Nothing was out of the ordinary, as of now, of course. Because Ava was kind of standing there. She was looking around, and she was kind of just, uh, she noticed something. She noticed that there's this woman who was walking on the other side of the street, the other side of the street from her house. Uh, but the thing was, this woman, who was older and had these, like, glasses on or whatever, was staring at Ava's house, and very specifically her front lawn. And who was in the front lawn? Ava and her cat. So it was very difficult to see where this old lady was staring because she had very big and thick uh, sunglasses on, but it was very clear the direction that this old lady was staring in. So anyways, Ava notices this, but she doesn't really pay super close attention to it, or it doesn't stay long in her memory until following events happen, as you will soon see, and she, you know, refers back to this later on. But she does say that she finds it quite, she found it quite strange how the old lady would slow down, almost to like a near stop, but like a very slow shuffle that really didn't get her anywhere. And she was just staring almost intensely. It was difficult to see if it actually was intensely or not, because, I mean, it's hard to tell with sunglasses on, but she almost she almost came to a standstill as she was walking outside and looking at Ava's front lawn. Ava's felt a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, she didn't feel too out of the... It didn't feel too out of the ordinary at first because, I don't know, like, old people doing slightly strange things, that's not, that's not like, wow, revelation, new discovery has been made. Old people sometimes will do things that are a little bit strange. Come on now. But anyways, things got more peculiar. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. I just woke up. So uh, things got stranger, okay? 
Stranger Things. Uh, by the way, this this uh, story's on Spotify. First link in the description if you like listening on Spotify. But things got really strange on the second day of the story. So on the second day, it was a very regular day once again. And once again, Ava with that, was out with her cat. And once again, she saw the old lady walk by. And last time, she kind of slowed down almost to a stop as she was looking over at Ava and her cat. But this time, she completely stopped, and she wasn't even walking in the direction anymore of, like, going straight. She turned 90 degrees to be facing towards Ava and her cat. And Ava saw this, like, in the corner of her eye, and she was very uncomfortable. So she was just, like, playing with her cat in the front yard, trying her best not to make eye contact with this lady who was just staring her down. It was so weird and uncomfortable. Just such a strange experience. That Ava was just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm just not going to make eye contact, and she's going to go away. And after what was probably like 30 seconds to a minute, but felt like hours to her, eventually, the, who we, the, the lady, we don't know who she is yet, right, eventually walks away. And Ava says something to her mother about this at dinner time. So they're sitting down, you know, Ava's mother, you know, made, I don't know what she made, but she made something. And Ava says, hey, like, something weird happened today. And Ava's mother was like, yeah, what's, what happened? And she's like, there was this, like, lady yesterday that, you know, walked by the house and seemed to be staring at, you know, me and my cat. And probably says the cat's name, but I'm not going to give the cat a name as I will get way too confused way too quickly. And you guys will be very upset at me in the comments as always. Um, but she's like, oh yeah, she's staring at me and my cat. And I didn't think much of it because, you know, stuff like that might happen. But today the same lady came by and she seemed to be staring longer and more intensely. And I don't know, mom, it's just kind of weird. And at that point they had completely, they didn't even, they didn't put two and two together with the rumors of the you know, the crazy cat Karen who steals people's cats and, you know, this random woman coming by and looking at, you know, looking at the cats. And, I mean, it, it's like, I, I, it's understandable because it's like, remember, uh, Ava and her parents had put the rumor of the crazy cat Karen in the same category as the boogeyman and the Loch Ness Monster, right? You see a splash in your local pond. You're not going to be like, oh, yep, it's uh, underwater vampires. I knew it. I knew it. They're real. You're not going to make that connection, right? But things get extremely, extremely intense on the third day. And this is where everything happens. If you made it this far into the video, comment Karen down below. I'm just curious to see how many of you guys made it this far. So anyways, on the third day, right... Uh, Ava's outside with her cat. As always, she does this every single day. She likes having daily outdoor time with the cat because, like, you know, some cats live 100% inside, but, you know, sometimes they want to get outside. So Ava's out there, and for some reason, right, there is... Ava is separated from her cat for a second. I think Ava turned around to do something, and the cat kind of wandered towards the edge of the lawn, which was totally fine, and in most situations would have been completely fine um, because the cat would have never ran away um, or has never, and the cat is allowed to walk to any point of the lawn that it wants to. So the fact that, you know, the cat walked further towards the curb is not an issue. However, there had been a car idling there. It was very strange. It was like, it was, wasn't parked, it was still on, 
and Ava noticed it, but she couldn't see who was in the car, so she just thought, oh, okay, maybe it's my neighbors, because they had, like, teenage neighbors or whatever, or parents with teenagers as neighbors, so, oh, maybe it's just one of their friends, and they're getting something inside, so they want to leave the car on, but they're going to hop out, right? Doesn't even, doesn't even, like, you know, think of it like that. But as soon as Ava is on, like, the other side of the lawn, and the cat has wandered towards the the sidewalk side of the lawn, if that makes a sense, someone walks out of the car very quickly, or as quickly as an older lady can go, snatches up Ava's cat, and that's when the cat, like, yell, like kind of, like, lets out a bit of, like, a meow yelp, and at this point, you know, Ava turns around, and she sees the lady from the last two days, and she, you know who she sees in her hands? Her cat. The, this random lady has stolen Ava's cat. And this lady turns around, doesn't jump into the car. Remember, she's like 65 or something. She's not jumping into anything. And she's not an athletic 65, by no measures. She fumbles back into the car, right? And uh, the, she closes the door and, like, drives off. Within like 30 seconds or less, Ava, at the very beginning of that 30 second interval, she was like with her cat and she turns away for a second. By the end of the 30 second interval, this the cat is gone. Her cat is gone. Some random woman has stolen her cat and they drove away. However, the car is extremely distinct. It is a red car with like blue stripes. Like, I don't know if you're going to go around kidnapping cats that if you want the most distinct car on planet Earth. I mean, I have personally never seen a red car with blue stripes in my life, but maybe the crazy cat Karen had a specific style that she liked, and it was red cars with blue stripes on them. Um, so Ava immediately runs back into the house, and it's like, well, kind of in tears, of course, 12-year-old, and your cat was just brutally abducted by an old lady. Runs in the house, is basically screaming to her mom what happened. Her mom, like, runs out with her. It's like, what happened? What happened? Eventually, Ava gets it out, says everything that happened. You know, her mom's just like, what? And, uh, you know, they, you know, Ava's mom walks over to the neighbor's house, rings the doorbell, and basically tweet. Uh, I almost said tweets out. Sorry. A lot of Twitter notifications. Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. Just got a thousand notifications that she died, so yikes. Um, I didn't mean yikes. I'm sorry. I'm doing this in one take. Delete anything that came out weird. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to edit that. I don't have the time to edit. A anyways, not to derail literally everything in this video, but they go over to the neighbor's house, and the neighbor's like, yeah, there was a car idling outside, and it seemed to drive away quickly, basically confirming what Ava was saying. So Ava's mom is, like, freaked out. I mean, she's not just freaked out, but she feels terrible for her, uh, you know, um, <laughs> sorry, Schlatt tweeted out something pretty funny, not at the time. Um, she feels terrible because, like, her cat is gone, but this was really Ava's cat? You know, this was really, um, this wasn't really her cat, this was, like, Ava's first response, this was, like, Ava's pet, right? It was a family pet, but it really was Ava's pet. So for the next week, remember, an entire week goes by. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the entire week goes by and there's not a sign of Ava's cat. At this point, you know, Ava's basically grieving for the entire week and Ava's parents are kind of trying to figure out a way to tell her that 
the cat's not probably not going to be coming back. It's like when you lose, I've never lost a pet, thank God. But when I see those, you know, those posters for lost pet, after about 48 hours, the probability of you getting your pet back, just the half-life is terrible. It just shoot, it falls down so quickly, right? And at this point, Ava and her mom, Ava's mom is trying to get Ava's, you know, attention off of her cat. It's a very sad situation. No one likes to see anything like that. And Ava's mom is very desperately trying to, like, find a way to make, you know, her daughter feel better about everything that's been going down. So Ava's mom is just like, okay, you know, hey, you know, Ava, like, do you want to go to the park today? Ava, very, still very distraught, you know, still very upset and almost in a state of mourning. But also, at this point, Ava, you know, she's 12. She's a lot of confidence, a lot of optimism, a lot of hope in the world. Ava's not convinced that her cat is gone forever, but she's still very sad, very rattled. You know, she says, yeah, mom, sure, I'd love to go to the park. So they get in the car, and they drive, and they drive for like 20 minutes, right? And they happen to be in a neighboring town. They happen to be, you know, they happen to be driving in a neighboring town, which is close to them, but also happens to be where the park is. And this is very important that Ava remembered the very distinct car. Because Ava, you know how you're in a long car ride, and I did this especially when I was a kid, and especially when I didn't have a phone. I would just sit there and kind of like stare out, you know, the window and look at all the cars. Sometimes I would play like, you know, if there's a bunch of, uh, you know, telephone wires, I would play the fake guy running on the telephone wires in my imagination or whatever. Honestly, God, I still do that sometimes, but you know what I mean. She was just like, had her eyes, she was just looking out. And she sees, you know, they're, they're kind of going through like this neighborhood. She sees a red car with blue stripes in the exact, the exact pattern that she saw before. She yells up to her mom, pull over. And her mom, not going to question it. She's also not on the highway or in a situation where she couldn't pull over. Pulls over like a block past that house. She's like, mom. I saw the car, and Ava's mom's like, Ava, like, you, I think you're just imagining things. And Ava's like, Mom, no, you don't understand. It is a, it is a red car with blue stripes. Like, genuinely, like, I swear, like, it is the car. I need to go now. Ava's mom was having a lot of pushback. One, she thought that Ava was just a seeing things, or B, it was a coincidence. And also, two... She doesn't want Ava, like, running up to some random house, right? And Ava's like, Mom, Mom, please, I need at least let me go and see the car. At least let me go to verify it myself. So Ava actually had a bit more of a plan, but she didn't want to let her mom know because her mom definitely would not have been a fan of the plan. But Ava was telling her mom, Look, just let me, just let me go and look at the car to see if it's actually it. Ava's actual plan was to check a little, do a little bit more investigation than she was leading on. So sure enough, right, um, you know, Ava's mom, after a lot of talking back and forth, is like, fine, you can go and do that, but, you know, I don't, like, this is dangerous, like, please don't, like, get yourself in any trouble. Which, uh, Ava, yeah, got herself in a little bit of trouble, but we're getting to that, we'll get to that in a second. So anyways, Ava, you know, at this point is just like, you know, she gets out of the car, her mom's at the very end of the, uh, at the end of the block, and Ava walks down, and sure enough, in the driveway is the car. It's the car of the crazy cat Karen, 
100%. It is the exact same pattern, and there's just not a lot. This isn't like, I don't know, a a, a Ford F-150, like, I don't know, gray color. It's not like a bajillion of those cars on the highway or something. Or it's not like, I don't know. But it is a very specific red with blue stripe car. So she looks at it, and then Ava looks in the window. And you know who she sees in the window? Her cat! Her cat and her make eye contact. And the cat is looking at her like, there's no way this is, like, my owner or whatever, or friend or whatever you want to say. Like, that's impossible. The, the cat is, like, looking at her, and Ava's looking at the cat. Ava's like, I don't know for 100% sure, but I, but no, I have, like, I have a gut feeling that is 100% my cat. So Ava runs up to the house, to the dismay of her mom, who is parked all the way down. So her mom can't, like, get out and yell at her or anything. She runs up all the way to the front of the house. And she grabs the door, and she tries to open it, and it just opens. The door isn't locked. There's no nothing like that. Ava is not going to knock and be like, Hello, crazy, insane Karen who stole my cat. May I have my cat back, please? I will give you $5 as a token of my gratitude. My lord and say, she's not going to do that. So Ava runs into the house, runs into the room that she thinks she sees her cat in, and she makes eye contact with her cat. Her cat immediately jumps into her arms. It's like 100% guarantee that this is her cat at this point. She's staring at her cat, who she started to believe that she was never going to see again, right? She started to believe that she was never going to see this cat again. And she's just looking at this cat. The cat has jumped into her arms. However, Ava also, as she's, Ava, like, grabs the cat, walks out, and is about to walk out of the house when she looks up a flight of stairs. And at the very top of the flight of stairs is the crazy cat, Karen. And the crazy cat Karen says, get back here. And the crazy cat Karen starts waddling down the stairs. Ava bolts it, bolts out of the house, sprints out of that house, bro. She's out of there so fast, runs down the street, meets up. And her mom's like kind of like yelling inside the car or whatever. And, you know, as Ava like opens up the door, she looks behind her. The Karen has left her house and is on the street, kind of like waddle sprinting. I don't know how else to describe it besides very slowly walking intently towards her. So she gets in the car, jumps in, yells at her mom, go, go, go. Her mom, who's just like acting on inf- on like reflexes, is just like not even questioning it, hits the gas, they go, and Ava's mom's like, Ava, I told you not to go into that house. Like, that's so dangerous. I, that woman is very clearly, like, mentally ill. Like, what if she did something insane to you? And Ava just is, like, not even paying attention. Because you know what? Ava got her cat back. And uh, that's all that matters here, man. Ava got her Click cat on the video back. on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a great day because today we have probably one of the craziest stories of an entitled Karen I have ever told on the channel. So sit back, relax, subscribe to the channel if you are new, 
And uh, let's call today's subscriber PJ, who submitted this story. So this all happened one summer when PJ was working at a store. So PJ was working the night shift uh, during the summer just to make some extra money. He was a teenager, and it was actually his senior... It was like last year or last school year was his senior year. So this was the summer right before college, and PJ just wanted to make a little bit of extra money. However, there wasn't a ton of job openings for the regular jobs as he kind of went around and applied kind of late and more of the fun jobs like maybe being a lifeguard or ice cream I mean those are kind of, I don't know about fun but at least I don't know a little bit more traditional those were already taken up so PJ had to take the night shift at a grocery store a lot of what he did was kind of just stocking shelves and replenishing you know shelves when they were you know out moving inventory around but also there were always a couple people that would come in kind of late and you know they'd ask for stuff and this grocery store was also it was more than a grocery store it was kind of like a lifestyle store too so they had groceries they had you know items they had items okay they had like I don't know toothpaste toothbrushes home appliances I guess it was kind of like you know how like Target and stores like that and like Walmart too also have uh, food aisles in them. So it was kind of like one of those stores. And PJ had been working the store for about uh, two weeks and he would go in every weekday and he'd get the weekends off. And he started his shift at, at six and he ended his shift at one in the morning. He drove back home, of course. And this in about two weeks in was when he encountered, was his first encounter with the Karen. We're just going to call her the Karen for this for the rest of the story as I don't want to come up with the name and PJ never knew her name anyways so this was all happened when PJ was just actually manning the shelves he was replenishing the cereal aisle so he's putting the Captain Crunch in there I don't know replenishing the shelves and he hears uh ahem and he turns around and it was this woman it was a it was an older larger woman with this kind of moo moo thing on and she had like this big blouse and she was standing there and she wasn't just standing there normally she was standing there with like arms on her fists like no, arms on her fists her fists on her hips there we go she was very unhappy and you know so you know pj turned around and said hello ma'am like how can i help you because PJ's a good kid he's gonna do what he needs to do to perform well in his job and the, you know, the Karen was like, the customer service in this store is terrible. And uh, PJ's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's not a lot of people working as it is, you know, 1130 at night, but how can I help you? And she said, the customer service in this store, reprehensible. I, 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 I just can't get around. I, I, can't, I was calling, I was calling for help and no one would come and help me. And, you know, PJ's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened. Like, as I said, we are kind of, like, understaffed at this hour. No one really, wanna, no one really wants to work right now, but uh, how can I help you? And the Karen, for a third time, is like, it was ridiculous. Uh, no one was here to help me. It was crazy. And, you know, PJ's like, all right, well, that, that's, uh, once again, how can I help you? And Karen's like, fine. I need, uh, I need help getting the, uh, the very, very specific brand of beans. And she says, like... Elmer's Beans. I don't think that's a real brand, but she said a very specific brand. And PJ in his head was like, we definitely don't sell beans that's like that brand. Like, I don't recognize it, but maybe I'm wrong. So he's like, well, ma'am, I can bring you to the beans aisle. And if they're not there, I can potentially look, you know, in, in, in our storage to see. And Karen's like, finally, finally, boy, take me there. Take me there, young man. And sure enough, you know, PJ brings her to the uh, the beans aisle and she's like, I already came over here where there's no Elmer's beans. And PJ was like, yeah, let me, let me take a look. Yeah, I don't see any 
Elmer's Beans. Well, ma'am, there's a few things I can do. I can go in the back to see if we have any in storage. But I, if I'm being honest, I don't really remember us ever having this brand. And she's like, you, you guys don't have Elmer's Beans? You don't have any Elmer's Beans? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. You know what? Fine. You are no help to me anyways. I'm, I'm just going to go along my day. And PJ in his head's like, all right, this woman's great. She's really nice. Really, really helping me out. Minimum wage employee. Definitely deserve all this. This is my fault because I run the store, apparently. And he's like, all right, ma'am. Well, sorry, sorry this didn't work out. And she's like, no, I bet you're sorry this didn't work out when you you figure out what I'm about to do. She kind of mumbles something about what she's going to do. And, you know, PJ's like, what? And she kind of waddles off, right? So PJ thinks literally nothing of it. He's like, okay. This woman, you know, she's probably a little senile. She's probably a little crabby. I mean, look, she's out grocery shopping at 11.30 at night. I bet her bedtime is like 7.30 at night. So this is probably a tough day for her as it is a tough day to me. I can only be so upset. And that's when he hears kind of like rustling, a rustling noise. It's like someone kind of frantically moving through items, kind of pushing stuff. And then he hears stuff falling on the ground. And this is when he thinks, oh, no, because this has happened before where there's been kind of a display or a stand of a bunch of uh, food items or, you know, home good items. And they're kind of like stacked in a way that it's good for display, but structurally the integrity is a little compromised. So sure enough, you know, stuff has fallen over and PJ's had to deal with it before. And once again, PJ just thinks, okay, well, I, I probably, there was probably like a stack of, be- like a stack of like, I don't know, uh, canned goods that just fell over and knocked a bunch of stuff over. This is annoying. I have to go and clean it up, but sure, whatever. So PJ starts walking towards the location of the sound and he sees the old woman qu- very quickly dart out of the aisle out or out of the aisle he was approaching and going, <laughs> this like really weird, like evil laugh as she ran out. And PJ was like, what the f- what? Huh? (laughs) Okay. Like, um, okay. And so anyways, PJ goes there, and he notices it's not like one pile of cans that's been knocked over. It's like a whole ray, it's like a whole swath of, like, cans and materials and goods have all been, like, pushed over onto the floor. This was not some accident. This was very clearly someone kind of took their hand and started, like, slamming stuff onto the floor. So PJ was very, very, very suspicious. He knew that this was not, like, an accident. He knew this was not just something falling over. He was like, okay, maybe someone bumped into it and they just... You know, they were embarrassed and they didn't want to pick it up. Fine, whatever. So as PJ is picking stuff up, he hears another crashing noise. And he's like, okay, okay now, this is starting to get annoying. So PJ actually finishes putting all the stuff together, right? He finishes putting all the stuff back and he starts moving the direction of the crashing noise. However, he makes a mental note to himself that if he he hears another crashing noise, that he's gonna stop doing what he's doing and sprint over, like full sprint. And this guy's a track star. This guy has, this guy has bunny hops. He can go quickly, man. He is Usain Bolt, bro. But anyways, he's gonna speed over there as quickly as possible. So as PJ's walking over to where he thinks the pile of, like, whatever has been, you know, tossed over, he hears a crash. He knows exactly which aisle it's in. He can just hear it, and he sprints over there. And when he sprints over there, he turns the corner, and who do you think he sees? Yes, you're correct. 
He sees the Karen with her arm in the middle of, like, a big thing of cans, and, and he sees her push it over onto the ground and knock it over. And the Karen goes, <laughs> and then Petra's like, hey, and she turns around and she's like, so you've caught me. This is what, this is what you get for not having Elmer's beans. And Petra's like, ma'am, you don't understand. I have to clean this up. And she says, <laughs> I know that. That's why I'm doing it. And he's like, and I, why? Like, I don't run the store. I don't stock the store. I don't choose what things we buy. I don't choose any of this. Why are you tormenting me in particular? And she said, I know you guys have Elmer's beans. And I know that you're withholding them from me. And uh, 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 PJ was like, what? 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 He's like, what? Why? Why do you think that? Why? Like, what, what, can, what made you come to that conclusion? Because I know that you're hiding all the Elmer's beans in the back rooms for you. Haha, <laughs> back rooms. <laughs> and he's like, why? I don't even know what those are. She says, they were only the most delicious beans ever. And I, I've been going place to place and they're all out. And I know that the last supply was here. I know it. And I know you've been hiding them. So I'm going to continue to torture you until you give me the Elmer's beans that I deserve. And PJ is just like, oh my God. Oh my God. So he kind of like, it's like, all right, ma'am, well, keep at that. And PJ immediately power walks to his manager's office or the supervisor who's on duty. Just goes knock, 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 knock. And he hears, come in, opens it up. He's like, hey, I got a weird situation. PJ explains everything that's been going on. And his manager's like, all right, well, I'll come and deal with this. So PJ and the manager walk over to where the woman is and she's gone. And that's when they hear another crashing noise. And like, PJ's like, all right, well, she's smashing something over there. And sure enough, they walk over there, and you know the frozen food aisle, so like the refrigerator doors open, and like big things of ice cream are on the floor, but also like egg cartons are on the floor, and some of the eggs are smashed. So before she was just being a nuisance, and now she's destroying the like, she's, just, she's destroying the produce in the store, so it's becoming an issue now. And the manager's like, ma'am, please, can you stop? We're going to ask you to leave. And the Karen says, I'm not going to leave until I get my Elmer's beans. Do you hear me, young man? This young man over here, and points to PJ, is withholding the Elmer's beans from me. He is stockpiling them in the back. And the manager's like, ma'am, I know for a fact we do not carry Elmer's beans here. And she says, you, points to the manager, you, you're in cahoots with him. You two are hoarding the Elmer's beans for yourself. And at this point, the manager looks at PJ, and PJ kind of gives him the look of like, I told you she's insane. Real quick, comment Karen if you made it this far into the video. It's the secret word of the day, and I just like seeing all the names and faces of people supporting me by giving me, by watching at least halfway through the video. I really do appreciate you. And also, if you want to continue supporting the channel, literally after this video or whenever you can, sit down and watch two, three, four, whatever number of videos. I call that binge watching the videos. And in the comment section down below, let me know what you're doing while binge watching these videos. Are you, you know, drawing or doing some artwork, playing a video game, doing your laundry, uh, doing your homework, trying to go to sleep? And also let me know how many videos you watch in a row in the comment section. I'll be shouting out random people like the person on screen. So thank you to the person on screen as well as all you guys for supporting the channel so much recently. Anyways, let's get back to the story. 
So just a little recap at this point, PJ brought over the manager to kind of stop the situation. The Karen has escalated to not just knocking over stuff, but destroying the products, aka the eggs that got smashed on the floor. And when the manager says that they don't carry Elmer's beans, and remember that's a standard name, I don't even think that's a real thing. The Karen starts going crazy thinking that the manager is in cahoots with PJ to keep the beans from her. No. Okay, obviously that's ridiculous. But this is when the Karen said, you, both of you, you're in cahoots to keep the beans away from me. The manager's like, ma'am, that is straight up ridiculous. And she said, no, you're ridiculous. Both of you are, and you will both pay the price. And she just waddles away. And PJ turns to the manager and is like, dude, what do we do? And the manager's like, bro, I actually don't know. Like, I just kind of thought that me coming over here and saying, can you stop? <laughs> would make her stop like that is that has always worked whenever people were, people were causing problems like just came over them and said leave and they kind of did like and pj's like so should we should we call the police and he's like well she broke like some eggs so i bet we could but is that really enough and in the middle of like that sentence they hear a kaboom a massive smash and also a shattering noise. So they quickly run over to the situation and they see that Karen now has a broomstick in her hand that she picked up from one of like the lifestyle sections and is going ham in the vase section, taking swings and kind of pushing vases onto the ground and smashing them. At this point, she's probably broken like $300 worth of vases 350, 375, 400. She's just going 450. She just keeps smashing stuff. And, and the manager's like, ma'am, Ma'am, you gotta leave right now or we're calling the police. And that's when the Karen throws her head back and starts to cackle. And she says, the police, don't you know the police can't arrest me? I'm immune to them. And the manager was like, bruh. So sure enough, right? Manager and PJ, they run back as the whole store is being obliterated by this Karen, right? And you know, they call the police and they say, hey, you know, we got Karen going crazy. She's breaking everything. Can you come? And so sure enough, the police officers arrive and they meet the manager and PJ and they hear it's in the middle. You're hearing smashing noises. You're hearing destruction noises. And the police are like, oh boy, what's going on? So they walk over to the scene and the Karen is sitting there laughing as she's breaking stuff. And the police are like, ma'am, ma'am. And the Karen is like, oh, hello there, officers. Hello there. And the police officers are like, ma'am, what you can't be doing you can't be breaking stuff and she says oh oh but i can and the police officers are like uh what <laughs> what what do you mean by this and you know karen's like well here's the thing you guys cannot arrest me it is illegal and the police officers are like well, well what do you mean by that she's like well well you just can't I can't be arrested. And the police officers are like, you want to you wanna see? You want to see if that's a thing? And PJ and the manager is just looking at each other. And she says, catch me if you can, boys. And she's like, ne it's like the most ridiculous thing ever. She's next to like a ball pit, like a big container of balls, like for a bunch of like toys or whatever, for like, it's like a kid section. And she flips over the ball container. Remember, this is an older woman who's kind of larger. Like, she's not mobile. She flips over the ball thing and waddles into the next sec in the next aisle, right? And the balls start flying everywhere. So you can't sprint towards it or you might trip on them. So police officer's like, did, did that old woman just, like, say, catch us if she can? Or if, if we can and run away? The other guy's like, 
Like, uh, I guess we gotta go after her. So sure enough, the two officers kind of, like, power walk. They're not gonna sprint after an old woman. They're like, oh, whatever. They kind of power walk in the direction that the Karen has gone. And at this point, right, you know, PJ and the manager are like, what the freak did I just see? Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in my life, right? Like, I have no idea what's going on right now. So they kind of walk over to the next aisle, and the Karen's not there. In fact... They keep looking, and the Karen isn't anywhere. And the thing is, right, so they go over to someone who's manning the, the cash register, and they said, hey, did you see an old woman leave through these doors? And, you know, the guy manning the cash register says, no one's come in since the police officers, nor left since the police officers came in, like, 10 minutes ago. He said, that's, that's impossible. Like, where is she? So sure enough, like, he says, hey, so this is the only exit, or, I mean, there's a fire exit in the back or something, but that would sound an alarm if it went off. And he's like, hey, don't let anyone in or out of this exit. The store is closed for now. It's under like police investigation. So the guy behind the cash register is like, oh my God, is everything okay? And he's like, well, it will be. And so sure enough, you know, the manager and PJ meet up with the police officers and they say, like, fellas, like we can't find her anywhere. I don't know how she did it, but she escaped. And they say, hey, she's somewhere in this store. We had our guy like holding off like the uh the guy the cash register is making sure that no one is leaving the facility the, the premises and no one's getting in she's in this store the only other exit is a fire exit and the alarm would sound if she went that way and so sure enough the police officers um, the manager and pj they continue to kind of they continue to scout out the store they do their rounds and you know for the for the love of them they just can't they just can't figure they can't find her and they think it's ridiculous. They said, this is an old, portly woman. How on earth did she, like, find her way? Like, how, how did she get around this? Like, this, this is insane. And that's when they go, and then that's when PJ said, hey, like, aren't there security cameras? And, uh, you know, sure enough, the manager's like, yeah, actually, there are security cameras. And, she said, and he said, aren't there, like, security cameras for all places, like, in the store? He said, yeah, actually. So sure enough, they go around, and they're, uh, they go to the security cameras, and they're looking through it, and they're, like, going through, 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 and they just don't see her anywhere. And that's when PJ said, hey, did you check the security cameras for the storage? And they're like, no, because they're like, why would she go in there? They flip it on, and there she is, the Karen. And you know where she is? She's looking through the bean section. She's trying to find their storage of the alleged, like, hiding of all their treasure, a.k.a. Elmer's beans, which you know, uh, why? <laughs> so sure enough, they're like, all right, we found her. So the police officers start like running towards the storage place. Um, PJ and the manager start running towards that area too. They get to the door and they go to try to open it. It's locked. And the manager's like, what? Cause he, he turns to PJ. Cause like, how's it locked? And that's when PJ remembers, oh no, he left the keys inside there. She must have used them to lock the door, and now they can't get in. And he's like, PJ, do not tell me that you left the keys inside of there. He's like, how would I know that a crazy Karen was going to come in and accuse us of stealing her precious beans, outrun the police, and store hide out in the storage place? How would I have known that? He's like, well, don't leave the keys in there. It's part of the procedure. And PJ's like, okay, fine, fair enough. But either way, she's in there, she's locked herself in there, and there's no way for us to get in. And the manager's like, well, actually, there is one way for us to get in. And he points to an air duct, like one of those vents. And PJ's like, 
dude, you're freaking kidding me. This is not a television show. I'm not going in there. Police officers are like, we'll, t- we'll, we'll turn a blind eye. You can go in there, son. He's like, what? Sure enough, right? Okay, this wasn't like a crazy vent or anything. It's not like PJ risked getting chopped up into a billion pieces or I don't know. Maybe he, he risked like inhaling some mold or something. But sure enough, it was a pretty big vent and it went straight into the, uh, the storage room. And PJ was not trying to like face off against his granny because he's like, she really wants these damn beans, bro. Like, I'm not trying to do that. All he needed to do was open the door. So PJ was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. But you guys got to stand by the door. And the second that I open that thing, you got to come in here and help me out. He's like, all right, fine. So sure enough, PJ opens the vent and is slowly climbing through it because he doesn't want to climb through the vent too quickly because you can only imagine like, boom, 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 boom. If you're going too quickly, you're going to make a ton of noise in that vent and she's going to know that you're coming. So they keep going, boom. So he goes, boom. Very quietly and very slowly, and it, he gets closer and he gets to the vent part. So he gets to the grate, looking into the uh, storage room, and it's like a two foot, it's like a three foot drop. It's not like he's jumping from the ceiling. It's not. This is not a massive warehouse or anything. And he gets to the he gets to the like the grate, and he can see the Karen on the other side of the room, and he also sees like he sees the grate there. And that's when he sees that the grate is like screwed in. It's not screwed in really tightly, but if he's going to get through that gate, he's going to have to like power kick that. He's going to have to like take his boot and like kick through the gate open, which is going to like open the grate, right? It's going to make it fly out, but it's also going to alert the Karen to his presence. And she really wants those beans. And if he's being honest, he's kind of scared of the Karen right now. And I'm not going to lie. I'd be a little scared too. So PJ is like, okay. I got one shot to do this. We could also wait the Karen out, but you know what? Screw it. So PJ kind of like maneuvers himself, lifts up because he doesn't have a lot of room, but he like lifts up his leg and boom, quickly does a very solid kick to the grate. Thankfully, he makes right the right contact that he breaks the gate open and he immediately slides out and he makes eye contact with the Karen across the room, and the Karen is rummaging through beans, and she's like, you. So while PJ is kind of freaked out, he is high on the adrenaline rush, and he sprints, and what I mean sprints, he is doing like, he's envisioning himself in the 100 meter dash as he was a good, uh, he was in track in high school, so he was very good. Quick with that, boom, immediately sprints there. The Karen is waddling towards him, right? No idea what her intentions are. Immediately is able to open the, unlocks the day, uh, unlocks the, the door, pushes it open. The two police officers push back and are like, ma'am, freeze. And I mean, they're not drawing their guns or anything, but she's like, you can't arrest me. And then they go over and arrest her. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Nope, you, actually you can. So sure enough, the police officers get her in cuffs and they're like, all right, well, manager, you're going to have to go through and figure out how much all the damages are. Send that to us, and we'll send it to her, and we'll get this figured out. And he said, at the minimum, we can probably, we can't issue a restraining order because only judges can issue restraining orders. But we can submit a case to a judge that I bet we could get a restraining order within, like, the next five hours, and we'll have her in the custody for the next day or so while we have this figured out. And the manager's like, yeah, I'll probably have to send a report up to corporate because this is insane. And, you know, he's like, okay, that totally makes sense. And so sure enough, the police officers, they, uh, they, they escort the Karen out of there. And PJ goes up to his manager and says, hey, man, can I have the rest of the day off, which is like 1230 by now. So it's like half an hour. He's like, yeah, you know what? I think it's fair enough to close up shop. So PJ gets back home and his mom notices like, oh, it's like 1240. 
he normally gets back around like 110. So she's like, oh, close up early? PJ's like, yeah, we closed up early. And she said, any reason why? PJ's like, oh boy. Click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it, do it. How's it going, everyone? Hope you're having a great day today because today we have probably one of the most insane stories about a Minecraft kid to date. I mean, you do not want to miss this, so sit back, relax, uh, subscribe to the channel if you are new, and let's call today's subscriber who submitted this story, uh, let's call him Dave. So anyways, right, you know, Dave was in the third grade, and in the third grade, like at this time, Minecraft was huge. I mean, Minecraft was really big now, but it was like really, really big back in like 2013, 2014. Dave is quite older, but this is a story from back in his childhood. So anyways, right, you know, one thing that was starting to get pretty big, 2015, 2016, I don't totally know exactly when this story happens, was something called, you know, Minecraft PvP, where basically people would fight each other in Minecraft. And there was this kid in Dave's class who we're going to call Ben, because of course we're going to call him Ben. So anyways, right, you know, Dave and Ben, you know, they weren't necessarily best friends, but they started to get to know each other because they both were really into the whole Minecraft. Minecraft player versus player battles and so they would start to like play a little bit you know with each other after school they would go on Minecraft servers and they would fight each other and it was actually quite fun so Dave and Ben started to become friends in class and the thing is though uh, Dave was not friends with Ben after what is about to happen, which is absolutely crazy, but you'll have to wait for that one, right? So anyways, right, you know, Dave and Ben, you know, they're talking at recess. So there's out there, there's a swing set at the school's recess, uh, at the school's recess, at the school's playground. So Dave and, Sw Dave and Ben, they're both on the swings, and, uh, you know, Ben is like, man... I don't know, I really don't like Miss Davenport. So Miss Davenport's gonna be the name of their teacher for their math class. And Dave's like, dude, I know, she's the worst. And Ben's like, bro, like, I wish I could just like spend my entire day getting better at Minecraft PvP, like learning how to like be better, but instead I have to spend all this time learning my times tables, bro. I hate those. Little side note, I hated my times tables because I would be like time to be like, you have to do all these in one minute. I'm terrible under pressure. I did not like those. But anyways, Dave and Ben, you know, they were talking about how they really didn't like, you know, the Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft, the, the, the math they had to do in their class and how they thought that their teacher was like extra, extra mean, even though Dave tells me in retrospect, the teacher was actually super normal. Like she was like, honestly, just trying to teach them the fundamentals of math that they would need for like the next seven years of schooling. But at that time, Dave and Ben, the Minecraft kid, they just, they just didn't get that. So Dave and Ben decided that, you know what, they were going to pull a prank on their teacher to somehow get more time to play Minecraft. So what they were going to do is they were going to find a way to bring their, like, computers into class and to play Minecraft, like, during class so that they can... Because, like, what they were thinking is Dave and Ben, the Minecraft kid, were like, you know what, I hate math, when am I actually going to use it, but you know what I'm using every day? My Minecraft player versus player battle skills. Oh yeah, baby. So yeah, basically they were thinking to themselves, like, we gotta practice in class because we're wasting all of our time doing math. This is ridiculous. So anyways, they, they conjure up a plan, and the whole plan is that they will, like, put their backpacks on their desk because they actually had pretty big desks, and they would also sit all the way in the back of class, and their backpacks would be, like, on the desk enough so that it would be kind of blocking their computers, and they'd whip out their computers... And, you know, they would have their mouses or whatever, and then they would play Minecraft 
in class and they just like attach the school wi-fi this was so far back then that like the school wi-fi like people like the the administrators in the school didn't even know about like how to do like wi-fi blocking you know how like some like when you go to school wi-fi you can't look up certain sites or use certain things this was back in the day when like they didn't even know about this they're just like oh internet connection cool anyone can use it we don't really care I don't know if every school was like this, but at least Dave and Ben's school was like this. So anyways, the next day rolls around and they bring their computers into school. And on on the way out, Dave's mom was like, oh, honey, why do you have your computer with you? And, uh, you know, Dave was like, um, I need to think quick on the spot. He's like, uh, we need it for class. And Dave's mom's like, oh, cool. So anyways, Dave goes into school. He meets up with Ben before class. He's like, bro, are you ready? And Ben's like, yeah, dude, I got my, you know, I got my PC. I'm ready for this. So they go into class and they both sit in the back of the class. And the teacher's like, all right, class, today we'll be learning about long division. By the way, screw long division. That is the worst thing ever. But anyways, right, so Dave and Ben, you know, they're sitting in the back of class. They pull out their backpacks and they put them on their desk. And the teacher kind of looks over and doesn't think anything of it. She's like, weird but if you want if you want to have less desk space then be my guest bro like that's not on me that's on you so whatever and then dave and ben you know they pull out their computers and then they pull out their mice and they barely have enough room to fit everything on there but barely is still is still it you know they still have enough room even if it's barely enough room so anyways right they get their laptops out they connect to the wi-fi they're in, they're like, all right, this is perfect. So they go on whatever player versus player Minecraft server where they can fight each other and other people. I don't know if it was Hypixel back in the day. I don't know if it was like uh, uh, like a bad lion or whatever. I don't even know. I don't know the history that well. But they go on their server, right? And the thing about like Minecraft PvP, if you don't know, when you fight someone in Minecraft, you normally have like a sword. Normally, I mean, you can have like bow, rod, uh, lava bucket. You can have a lot of stuff. But normally it's sword fighting, and for sword fighting, you need to click. And neither of these kids have auto-clickers or anything like this. So they wanted to swing their sword. They needed to click. And the thing is, right, they didn't have some kind of, like, ghost mouse that makes no sounds when you click it, which I, I don't know even if that's a thing, because, like, why would you want that? I, 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 except for this very specific situation, which doesn't come up often. Well, actually, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not typically in class pretending to be, like, hiding behind, like, a backpack, secretly playing Minecraft, ignoring my math schools or my, 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 like, math class or whatever. That doesn't normally happen. But anyways, right, so the thing is, for them to play, they need to be clicking. And remember, this class isn't super loud and rowdy, and no one else is on their computers, and no one else is clicking a mouse. So they don't even really think of this. They're just like, Dave and Ben are just so excited to the fact that they're able to play Minecraft during their math class. Do they legitimately just start, they get on the server and they go, actually, I have a mouse with me right now. They just start going, they just start like going crazy and they're clicking away and they're fighting people and they're doing pretty well, right? So Dave is super focused right now. He's playing this kid who's actually pretty good and they're, you know, they're really close. They're basically have the same number of hits and he hears Ben whisper, Dave, 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 Dave. And, ben, or, uh, and, and Dave's like, Ben, stop, stop. I'm in the middle of a fight. And that's when the teacher says, then he hears his name again, but he hears Dave. And sure enough, it is Miss Davenport. And he looks up and he immediately closes his computer. At this point, like Ben is like, oh my God. And Dave is like, uh, hi, Miss Davenport. Uh, how's it going, Miss Davenport? 
How's it going there? <laughs> What's good? Ms. Davenport, and sure enough, like, Ms. Davenport's like, you too, you're coming with me. And they pack their bags, and they walk up to the principal's office, and they get in trouble because you're not supposed to be doing that in class. And, uh, yeah, and the principal, you know, ends up calling their parents. You know, when Dave gets back, Dave's mom's like, you were playing Minecraft. You were playing, like, video games. I don't know if she knew if it was Minecraft exactly. So, you were playing video games in class. You are supposed to be paying attention. Like, you know, this is foundational material for the rest of your, like, the rest of your academic career. Like, you're going to be in college and college math class, and you're going to be thinking back, why didn't I pay attention to that long division? Bro, I've never done long division like since seventh or since fourth grade, bro. Just a little tip. I mean, learn it because you need to pass, but I've never used that stuff again. Oh my god. Anyways, though, Dave is not happy, and you know Ben is also not happy. So the next day, you know, while they did get in trouble, they still had their recess privileges. So they went out back to the swing set, and they were. And Ben was like, "Dude, dude, Miss Davenport is the worst." And Dave's like, "Bro, bro, 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 one hundred percent. She is the worst." Even though, like, in retrospect, Dave tells me that Ms. Davenport was literally just doing her job and that Dave back then and Ben, his friend, were just a bunch of dumb kids. But anyways, at the time, Dave and Ben were like, bro, she is the worst. We need to actually get back at her for what she did to us. Dave's like, bro, what were you thinking? And Ben's like, you know what? Last night, I was just so angry that I was sitting there and I was just trying to come up with something. I was trying to come up with an epic prank that would truly get her. So Dave and Ben end up doing something, which you guys will hear in just a little bit. That is something that I have to do a little bit of a disclaimer. Do not do this. I have personally never done it, and I actually don't know anyone who's done this. And it's also pretty illegal, and it's, it, it's, it's a jerk move, and you should never do something like this. That's just my disclaimer coming from me so I can freely tell the rest of the story. So anyways, on the swing set... Dave and Ben, since they live close to each other and they're allowed to kind of roam around, Ben's like, dude, I figured out exactly where Ms. Davenport lives last night. And Dave's like, bro, what? And, and Ben's like, dude, Ms. Davenport, she lives really close to us. Like, she lives like five minutes away. And Dave's like, bro, okay, what do you want me to do with this information? And Ben's like, dude, my mom just bought eggs. And she probably, so much stuff goes in her fridge, she won't notice if she loses some eggs, right? And Ben's like, or Dave's like, bro, Ben, I don't understand what you're trying to say. And that's when Ben says, you and me, tonight, we're going to go egg our house for what she did to us. Real quick, if you made it this far into the video, comment door down below. That's for the OGs of this channel. If you don't get it, that's all good. But if you've been around for a while, that probably that probably brought you back. But anyways, if you made it this far into the video, comment door down below, D-O-O-R, or the thing that like, you know, you enter a house with or a building with. Uh, I just want to see how many people make this far into, into the video. And also, if you want to support the channel, literally binge watch these videos, like sit down and watch a bunch of story videos in a row. It really helps me out more than you can ever imagine. And let me know in the comment section what you are doing while binge watching these videos. Are you playing video games? Are you doing some artwork? Are you going to sleep? Whatever you're doing, let me know. I'll heart it. And I'll even sometimes throw up your comments on screen. So here are some people. Here's a little bit of a shout out to these people. If you want a bit of a shout out in a future video, just comment how you're supporting the channel and yeah let's get back to it so anyways right at this point dave and ben you know they they kind of commit to you know doing the thing that they're going to do and after school you know they they basically have a plan to 
tell their parents that they're going on a night, uh, like a nighttime walk at like eight, and then they're going to meet up at a certain place. So anyways, it's like 7.55, and Dave's starting to get butterflies in his stomach. Like, this is really crazy. He's starting to feel really, like, weird about this, but he's like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going through with it. So it's 8 o'clock. He walks out there, and he meets up with his friend Ben, and sure enough, Ben has four eggs in his hand. So they're not going to, like, you know, some get. they're not going to load up a Gatling gun with a thousand eggs and completely, like, I don't know, uh, they're not going to turn her egg, her, her house into an omelet or anything like that, but they're still going to egg the house, which once again, disclaimer, do not do, do not ever do. It's not even like cool or anything like that. You're an idiot if you do it anyways, because you will get in trouble, dumbass. But anyways, Dave and Ben, they start walking over and they're hiding the eggs, right? They, they walk over to where Ms. Davenport's house is and they sneak around over and then they hide in the bushes, right? And Dave turns to Ben, he's like, dude, are you sure about this? And Ben's like, don't forget what she did to us. And with that, Dave gets, Dave gets a little angry. He takes one of the eggs, he's like, on three. And then Ben takes one of his eggs. He's like, all right. And Dave's like, three, two, one. And then two eggs splat. And then he's like, all right, we got to fire this one quickly. They take both of them again. And sure enough, they got four eggs right across the side of the house. And this time they need to get out of there. So they don't run away, but they kind of like power walk away and they kind of sneak out of there and they watch and they hear the door open. But by that time they are out of sight. So Dave and Ben quickly like power walk away and they go out of sight, out of distance. They're like, oh my God, <sighs> oh my God, that was crazy. They're like, we totally got her. And Dave is like, we totally got her. And Ben's like, I don't know. And Dave's like, dude, we totally got her. Like, how could you want to get her more? And once again, Ben's like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if that was enough. And Dave's like, well, that was enough for me. So sure enough, they go back, you know, they go back home. They go to bed. You know, the next day they wake up and, you know, uh, you know, they go to school and they're sitting. And, you know, once again, they go back to their, uh, their swing set. And Dave is like, man, I don't know. I just don't feel satisfied with what happened. I feel like she deserves more. And... At this point, Ben's like, bro, or Dave's like, bro, Ben, what do you mean? We got our, we got our house. We got our good. And <sighs> Ben's just like, man, I don't know, Dave. Like, I just, I just don't feel like we actually did get her good. I feel like, I feel like there's still more that can be done. The right, the wrong has not been righted. And Dave's like, bro, chill out. The, the wrong has definitely been righted, which by the way, two wrongs do not equal a right, bro. But and anyways, right. So sure enough, they go back to class. And they're sitting there, and, you know, Miss Davenport calls on Ben. Ben doesn't know the answer, and doesn't embarrass him from the whole class. But, bro, when you get called on, and you very clearly are not trying to have your hand raised because you're not trying to get called on, and the teacher calls on you in class, and everyone looks, and you turn around, and you're like, ah, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's embarrassing. But apparently, that was just like... That was the last straw for Ben. And as they're like, so their school is out or not school's out, but school's out for the day. They're going to, they're waiting in line to be picked up by their parents. And Ben walks up to Dave and is like, bro, I'm getting revenge on Miss Davenport for embarrassing me today. And, you know, Dave's, or Dave's like, bro, what are you talking about? And Ben's like, dude, she's been crazy recently. And what we did was just like, it was a, it was a little drop in the bucket. It really means nothing. But I'm going to get her tomorrow. And I'm going to use my Minecraft skills to get her back. I'm going to you put my training to good, good use. 
And Dave looked at him and had literally no idea what he was going to do. So he's like, okay, man, (laughs) cool. So anyways, the next day rolls around. And once again, before class, they're at recess and they're sitting on the swings. Dave and Ben always sit on the swings together. No one else really uses the swings. So they're kind of like, it's the place they always go to. And Dave is just talking and Ben's like, bro, you're going to want to be in class today. And Dave's like, dude, of course I'm going to be in class. Like, what, what would I do if I skipped it? Sit in the bathroom, dude? Like, what? Because remember, they didn't really have phones then. I mean, phones were a thing, but since they were kids, they didn't really have it. But uh, anyways, uh, Ben goes on, bro, you're going to want to be there. And Dave's like, okay, like, do you want to tell me? And Ben's like, nope, it's going to be a surprise. But just know that Miss Davenport is not going to want to mess with me or anyone else, including you, after this. And Dave's like, okay, man, cool. So they get to class. And, uh, you know, they, Dave, Dave sits next to Ben. And he looks over. And there's something's weird with Ben's bag. And, and, and that's when Dave realizes, you know, there's like fake plushy Minecraft diamond swords that you can buy online, like the little toy things. Yeah, one of those, the handle of that was sticking out of his, was sticking out of his backpack. And Dave looks at Ben and is whispering like, yo, dude, why is there a, why is there a diamond sword in your backpack? And Ben's like, bro, you're going to see, dude. And Dave's like, okay, uh, what? And Dave's like, bro, just wait. It's going to be crazy. And Dave's like, all right, man. I'll trust you on this one. So sure enough, right, you know, uh, Ben is kind of just waiting to be called on. And sure enough, Ms. Davenport's like, all right, Ben, can you answer this? Because she was going around just asking people. And Ben's like, Ms. Davenport, I did not raise my hand. And Ms. Davenport's like, well, sometimes I call on people. It's just part of the class. And Ben is like, stands up. He's like, that is the last time that you disrespect me, ma'am. And he reaches into his backpack and whips out his diamond sword. And Dave is like, oh, my God, this guy's gone off the rocker. And he starts swinging it around like. And uh, Miss Davenport's like, Ben, what is that? Like, why, why do you have like a little fake plastic sword or whatever? And Dave is like, you or Ben is like, you don't understand. He starts walking towards her, swinging it. Everyone in the class is dead silent. They're like, bro, this kid's gone insane. Oh, my God. But anyways, right. So Dave or not Dave. Ben is walking towards him with the sword. Miss Davenport's like, dude, or she doesn't. Okay, Miss Davenport, the teacher, the 40 year old math teacher does not say dude. But she's like, Ben, put that down immediately. And you're coming with me to the, you know, the principal's office. And Ben's like, no, you disrespected me and my brethren for too long. And he goes up and he's like, any last words? And, you know, Miss Dav- Davenport's like, Ben, put that thing down immediately. You and I are going to the principal's office. Cut off mid-sentence. Why was she cut off mid-sentence? Well, because at that point, Ben had enough and he swung with the diamond sword. However, he got too close to her. So when he swung with the diamond sword, he held the diamond sword in his fist so tightly that when he swung, he didn't hit her only with the diamond sword. He accidentally hit her with his fist that was clutching onto the diamond sword so tightly that he basically just square punched her in the face. And at this point, it was such like, I know he's just a little kid, but just like the shock and the momentum and just somehow he got it just right that he went, whoop 
And Miss Davenport stood there for like a second and then just collapsed on the floor. And everyone, their mouths were just gaping open. They were just like, oh, what? What? Huh? Oh, oh, what is going on? What is going on? What? And so, okay, so sure enough, one girl just runs out of the room immediately. And Ben is kind of just standing there, just kind of shocked with what happened. Because, bro, you're not expecting to knock out the teacher with your diamond sword. I don't care how delusional you are. Like, you were just not expecting that to happen. And, you know, Ben's just standing there. He's like, oh, my God. 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 What I do? What I do? And when the class is like, oh, my God. Is she dead? Oh, my God. She was not dead. She was just knocked out. But within, like, five minutes, the girl that ran out actually ran out just to go get, like, help from, like, security or whatever. And sure enough, security walks in, and they look at what's happening. They see the kid with the diamond sword, and the teacher slumped over, and the girl points to him and says, that's the kid. Security goes up, grabs Ben, is like, you're coming with us. And the other security officer goes and checks, like, Ms. Davenport's pulse to make sure that she wasn't, like, actually, you know, destroyed by that. And sure enough, she was fine, but, like, she was knocked out. They call an ambulance. Ambulance comes over. Miss Davenport starts coming back, too. You know, she's given water, electrolytes, whatever. And Dave is just sitting there like, oh, my, oh my God. So Ben actually gets up getting expelled from the school. He's not suspended. He's not in trouble. He's expelled from the school. They have, like, a zero tolerance for anything like that. However, you know, there was some questioning to Ben about, like, the recent, like, egging to her house because she did report it to the school. And Ben, thankful, Dave, thankful, like, thankful to Ben, Ben did not say anything. Ben kept his mouth shut, said he knew nothing of it, that that was ridiculous, and they didn't look any further into it. And Ben and Dave never really spoke that much afterwards because Dave's mom like, I don't want you hanging out with Ben, he's a bad influence, and all that kind of stuff. And to this day, Dave and Ben have not seen each other since. And Dave does not know where Ben is. Ben might be at some other school. I, Dave thinks that, like, the parents moved because he actually walked over to see, like, if Ben was at his house because he wanted to, like, to see how he was doing. And it was, like, a totally different family in that house when he went over. It was kind of weird, but whatever, right? And, uh, yeah, to this day, Dave has no idea what's happening, and it was probably the craziest story of his How's life. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a good day, because today we have one of the craziest Karen stories ever. So sit back, relax, maybe grab something to eat, grab something to drink, subscribe if you're new. We're going to call today's subscriber who submitted this story, we're going to call him Zach. So anyways, right, Zach and his mom move into a new neighborhood, and, you know, Zach is... I don't know. He's in high school, so he's kind of an older kid. He, Zach isn't an adult yet, but he's kind of getting up there, right? And so anyways, right, Zach and his mom, you know, they move into this new neighborhood and, you know, they, they drive in and they're like unpacking their bags and they're getting in there. And believe it or not, their neighbors are not Karens. Their neighbors are actually really cool people and their neighbors walk over and they say, hey, like, we're going to help you move in. Not even like, do you need help moving in? They're like, hey, we know what it's like. We're going to help you move in. So they helped them move all the boxes. And they said, hey, come over for dinner tonight. So Zach and his mom were actually really excited because they had really cool neighbors. And so sure enough, right, you know, dinner time came around and they walked over to the neighbor's house. And the neighbor was kind of just telling them all about the neighborhood. And Zach's mom was like, hey, is there anything we should know about the neighborhood? Because like, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a really cool restaurant that no one really knows about, but is really good and it's kind of underground. Maybe there's really cool, maybe there's like, I don't know, a really good park. I don't know if they had kids or something. 
Maybe there's kind of a sketchy part you want to stay away from. I don't know. There's like maybe some things about the town that you just wouldn't know from a quick Google search. And the neighbor kind of like looked at them and said, well, there's actually this woman. Um, you might see her walking around and just, just don't make eye contact. Just, just kind of let her go about her business. And kind of Zach and his mom look at each other kind of like a little bit like, uh, what's going on here? I don't like this. This is a little weird. And then the neighbor is like, you know what? You know, don't even, don't even, you know what? That's nothing. It's nothing. Forget I said anything. Dude, whenever someone says forget I said anything, like that is the most ridiculous statement ever because they say something really interesting. They're like, oh, forget I said anything. Dude, I will not be able to forget that you said something of interest. Like, come on now. So anyways, they continue on having dinner and it's a great rest of the dinner. And Zach and his mom are walking back over when it's to their house when it's done. And Zach says like, that was really cool, but didn't you think that was weird when that guy started to talk about this like woman that walks around the neighborhood and how we shouldn't make eye contact? And then kind of like midway through his sentence, he said, you know what, forget I said anything. Like that was weird, right? And Zach's mom was like, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of strange. I'm not gonna lie, but like whatever. If it's really an issue, you know, he probably would have said something, he's pretty cool. So anyways, days go on, probably about a week or so, and Zach is about to get into his car. So Zach like has his keys, He's walking outside and he's looking at his car. He's about to put his keys into his car when he sees in the reflection of like the car, right? There's a kind of a kind of a figure moving in the background. So Zach turns around and sure enough, across the street, she he sees this woman walking. And it's like this kind of like older woman and she's kind of like waddling along and she has these like big aviator sunglasses on. And that's when she stops walking. And she turns and she looks directly at him. And Zach is a little bit freaked out. He's not gonna lie, he's a little bit freaked out at this moment. So he quickly turns back around to like put his keys into the car and be like, I'm not gonna start anything. And that's when he notices in the reflection of the car that the little kind of like blob in the background is starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So he turns around and he looks and sure enough, right? Um, you know, Karen is crossing the street but she's not crossing the street like just to like cross the street. She was very intently coming right at him. She wasn't like, I don't know, crossing over or wasn't like going to like the house next to him or before him. She was coming right at him. So Zach at this point knew that he probably couldn't get away with just putting his keys in the car and, you know, running in because she was closing in fast, even though she was a bit of a shuffler and didn't move that quickly. I guess when the Karen wanted to strike, the Karen was going to strike. So sure enough, the Karen walks up and walks up to his lawn. And, you know, Zach kind of like turns away from his car and looks at her and says, hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, I'm just kidding. She's like, hey, what's up? And the Karen is like, you don't live here. And Zach is like, well, no, uh, my mom and I just moved in a couple weeks ago. She's like, nope, I know the owners of this house. They're trying to find someone to buy it, and you are squatting in here. If you don't know, uh, squatting is basically when a house is in limbo, like no one's living in it, but someone will probably live in it at some point. People will kind of just break in and just live in the house without paying any rent or anything like that, or just without owning the house, just because, like, I mean, no one's living in there, and it is technically a crime. So sure enough, the Karen was accusing them of that. And Zach at this point was like, like, ma'am, no, this, this is my house, or this is my mom's house, and I'm living with her. Like, we're just not squatting. That's just not a thing. And she's like, 
No, no, no. I know the landlord, and I do not remember her telling me that she sold the house. So you must be squatting. I... You, you better get out of here. I'm giving you a countdown of one day for you and your little squatter buddies to get out of my neighborhood. And Zach is like, well, ma'am, I'm not going to get out of your neighborhood nor this house because I, you know, I, I, I live here and my mom and I purchased this legally. And the Karen's like, nice try. Just know that I will get the authorities involved if you're not gone within one day. And Zach is like, okay, sure, do it. Real quick, comment Karen down below if you made it this far into the video. And if you want to support the channel, just sit down and binge watch a bunch of videos. It really does help me out. And let me know in the comment section what you're doing while you're watching my videos, like playing video games, going to sleep, whatever it is. I'm going to be pretty active today in the comments, so I'll try and heart and just say thank you. I appreciate you guys watching me and just always, I, I really do, and I wish I could say it. I'm not gonna, I, I'm gonna get back to the story. I don't wanna drag this on, but I just wanna say thank you. Like genuinely, I'm very grateful. Anyways, let's get back to it. So sure enough, Zach is like, okay. And the Karen turns around and walks over to the other side and is like pouting the entire time. Like it's very weird and surreal. So when Zach's mom gets back from work, Zach is like, yo. And his mom's like, what? And, his, and Zach's like, dude, so you know like how we were over at that house? And you know, his mom's like, yeah, like we're just over there a couple weeks ago. You know how they're talking about that lady that we shouldn't make eye contact with? And Zach's mom's like, yes. And Zach's like, dude, it was crazy. I was just looking at my car and I saw something in the reflection. And then that a lady just came over and just, she accused me of squatting. And his mom's like, dude, what? And, and Zach's like, yeah, she said I had one day to get out or she's getting the authorities involved. And Zach's mom's like, well, we're not going anywhere because we legally purchased this house. Like, that's ridiculous. And Zach's like, dude, that's what I was saying, but she didn't take no for an answer. So sure enough, right, you know, a day goes by, and the next day, Zach is at home, and it's like a, it's a Saturday, so his mom is also at home. And that's when they get a knock on the door. And, you know, Zach's mom approaches, and Zach is like in the other room, so he actually comes over just to see and when Zach is coming around the corner, he sees his mom talking to two police officers. Basically, the police officers say, "Hey, we got a route. We 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 got a like we got we we got a call that like you guys were squatting here. We don't necessarily believe it, but it's our we have to come. Like we don't like we're we're forced to come here. Um, is there any way like?" It, look, ma'am, it looks like you're living here. We can just go about our day. And Zach's mom's like, no, no, no. Actually, I just want to get this on the record so that she can't pull anything later on. I have the deed to my house on the phone. I think you can have a deed on your phone. She had some kind of verification slash proof on her phone. Zach's mom pulls out her phone, shows both the officers. The officer's like, ma'am, so sorry about this. Like, we had to come. Uh, the lady who called you in has always been kind of trouble in the neighborhood, but... We can't rule out everything she said so far because she once actually got someone. So it's, uh, we're sorry, man. Like, have a nice day. We won't ever see you again for something like this. And sure enough, right, Zach and his mom were like, oh, okay, great. This is great news. We're done. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Incorrect. False. That is a false narrative. That is fake news. They were not done. In fact, that was only step one of Karen's evil plan. The Karen's evil plan only got more evil after this point. So sure enough, right? The next day comes around and Zach is back outside in his car. 
And once again, he like, he's walking out to his car. And that's when he kind of like, he catches something in the corner of his eye. At the end of his driveway, the Karen is standing there with her hands on her hips and the black aviator sunglasses once again were piercing into his soul. So he turns around and looks at her and they basically have a staring contest for what's probably like five seconds. But in Zach, it just felt like to Zach like minutes, like hours, like days, millenniums, like infinite universes, amounts of time. Like it was just so long. So Zach eventually is like, can I help you? And the Karen says, so you tricked the authorities. Hmm. And Zach's like, come again? And she's like, I know you're squatting. I know that you're a big squatter and you don't actually own the rights to be here. But somehow, you fooled the incompetent authorities. Once, ugh, I, I, the police department over here are idiots, I'm telling you. And Zach's like, ma'am, come on. We, you called the police on us, which was ridiculous, and we showed them proof that we own the house. What more do you want? And she's like, I want to be satisfied, and I'm not satisfied until you guys are gone for squatting. And Zach's like, ma'am, do you think maybe, do you think maybe it is a possibility that we are in fact not squatting? And she's like, no. So Zach tries to reason with the Karen, but the Karen is basically saying, I believe that you're squatting and I'm going to prove it one way or another. So anyways, Zach finds this kind of weird, a little bit ominous, but I don't know. It's some senile old woman, like honestly, what, what could she really do? Hmm. What could she do? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so sure enough, right, you know, the next day, or not the next day, right, it, it's getting close to bedtime, Zach and his mom, you know, they're watching some TV show, and eventually it's getting late, and they're both like, all right, let's go to bed, so, you know, Zach goes into his room, he's on his phone, and he's watching a video, and he hears kind of like a, kind of like this weird banging noise, and he's thinking, okay, did, did, did that come from my video that I was just watching, or is that actually something? And then once again, this weird banging noise. And he's like, that, that can't be, that has to be from, that has to be downstairs. So Zach gets up, and that's when he starts hearing like these footstep noises. He's like, oh my God, is, is someone in my house? And at first he's like, okay, maybe my mom is making like a racket down there. So he starts to walk over to his mom's room because they're both, it's a two-story house and they both have rooms on the second floor and the noises were coming from the first floor. So he walks over and he like opens his mom's room. She's fast asleep. This is when Zach's heart starts to race a little bit because he, he knows that those are sounds of people or some person in his house. And he was kind of thinking it was his mom until he went and saw that in fact, it was not his mom. His mom was sound asleep. So now he's really scared. So he wakes up his mom. He's like, mom, 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 mom. She's like, what, what? He's like, shh, quiet. His mom's like, Zach, what is going on? And Zach's like, listen. And at this point, like Zach's mom's like, what, what? And Zach's mom, and Zach's like, mom, I think someone's downstairs. And Zach's mom starts to come to it a little bit and is like, oh my God, like uh, hand me my phone. So they grab the phone. Zach's mom dials 911. She's like, no, I like, I like this might be an emergency. I think someone's in our house. I don't know if they're armed. I don't know if they're like just 
totally, I don't know if they're lost or somehow gone to our, I, I don't know. I don't know, but someone's in our house and they're like, all right, you know, we'll be there and whatever. So sure enough, right, Zach and his mom are like, what do we do? What do we do? And Zach's like, I want to go see who it is. And Zach's mom's like, no, no, that's ridiculous. Barricade the door. So sure enough, Zach and his mom close their door and start moving furniture, right? Start moving furniture. And it's a pretty well barricaded door. And all they do now is kind of like Zach and his mom are kind of looking at the door. Then they're looking outside their window to check when the cops are going to call. Then they're looking at the door and then they're looking outside the window again. And eventually, right, they see kind of like this blue flashing light. So they're like, okay, finally, great. The cops are finally here. And so sure enough, cops come and they open and they're like, like, open up, please, please. Eventually they break through the door and then they hear this commotion happening downstairs. Like this kind of like woman kind of yelling or whatever. The cops being like, freeze, freeze, whatever, right? A lot of commotion, a lot of yelling. And Zach's like, "That, that sounds like an old woman. And Zach's mom's like, quiet, Zach. Let the men do what they're supposed to do. Zach's like, okay, okay, mom. She's like, anyways, right? So eventually, you know, they stopped hearing as much commotion. They hear steps coming up the stairs, like, bum, 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 bum. And sure enough, right, then they hear a knock on the door. And they're like, all right, ma'am, like, it's us. We have whoever's in your house. Like, you you can come out now. And Zach's mom, like, one second, I want to check through the peephole. And the police officer's like, that's totally fine. So Zach's mom goes up to the keyhole, puts her eye in it, and kind of looks through. And sure enough, it is the police officer. So then Zach and Zach's mom start moving the furniture and blockade until they can eventually get out of the door. So they open it, and Zach's mom's like, officer, like, I don't know what happened. Is everything okay? The officer's like, yep, everything's fine. Like, you can come down with us now. Like, it's totally safe or whatever. And so sure enough, they walk down the stairs, and the other officer has this older woman in handcuffs. And Zach is like, oh, my God. And he pulls his mom aside. He said, this is the Karen. This is the Karen I was talking to you, telling you about. The one who said that, like, you know, we're squatting and that the police are idiots and that she's going to prove it one way or another. And Zach's mom's like, oh, my God. So sure enough, they get down there. And the Karen is screaming, like, these people are squatting here. They don't own this house. They're a danger to the neighborhood. You guys are just too incompetent, too incompetent and foolish to understand. The police officer's like, ma'am, ma'am, quiet down, please. <laughs> and uh, so eventually Zach kind of like speaks up and he says, hey, I know this woman. And they're like, yeah, we know this woman too. And he's like, no, like this woman, uh, you know, she accused, uh, like, accused of a squatting and sent you guys here. It was the same police officers. And they say, yep, we remember. And Zach's like, and then she said later on that you guys like were idiots and didn't understand that she was going to prove it herself. So I guess this is her proving it herself. And the two police officers like look at each other and then look at the old woman. And the Karen is like, officers, this is a perfect time for you to arrest them immediately for squatting. Officers, you don't understand. This is the perfect time for you to arrest them. Officers, arrest them immediately. What are you doing? Why are they still standing there? Arrest these hooligans who are squatting in the neighborhood. And they're like, ma'am. We saw that we saw their like documents. They're legit, and the woman's like, "No, no, my friend is a, is the 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 the, re- the realtor around here. She would have told me." And the officers are like, "Ma'am, what do you think the odds are that either they're really squatting and they were able to fake documents on a whim and show it to us and have completely moved in and faked bank documents and got a fake loan, or..." 
Your friend, the realtor, doesn't update you with her life every five seconds. This house was sold kind of recently. When's the last time you talked to her? And the Karen's like, well, it's been about two years, but she totally would have told me. And this point, Zach is like, bruh, wait, what? this whole suspicion was because your friend who owns this house you know, was going to tell you, and you haven't talked to her in two years? And the Karen's like, well, one and a half. No, not even two, like one and a half. We're still really close. Zach is like, oh my God, dude. So the police are like, all right, what do we want to do here? Zach's mom stands up, looks at the Karen and says, look, we are not squatting and I'm not going to press charges, but if you ever even step foot on this house again, you know, charges will be pressed. Because what you can do is like, you don't have to press charges but within the statute of limitations, you can always press those charges again. Like you can like bring up the case again, I think. And, and that's basically in the police officers are like, yeah, like, ma'am, don't just don't come back around here. We won't have any problems. And she's like, fine, whatever. Because I think eventually Karen got it through kind of her very incredibly dense skull that maybe her friend just didn't tell her and that these people are not squatting. So, yeah, eventually Zach and Zach's mom, they go back in and they... Uh, they, they, they try to go back to bed, but it's pretty hard. And a couple weeks later, you know, they're invited back over to, the na- to their neighbors. Or actually, they invite their neighbors. That's what it was. They invite their neighbors over because they fully moved in and kind of repay the favor. And the neighbors are like, so, any interesting stories you have since you've moved in? And Zach and Zach's moms just look at each other and they turn. Zach's like, yeah, actually, Click on the video do. on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. Today we got a story of probably one of the most entitled Karens ever getting, just having a complete public freakout, and it's pretty hilarious, and I know you'll enjoy it. So uh, buckle up for this story, subscribe if you're new, and let's call the subscriber who submitted this story, let's call her Emily. So this all happened when Emily and her parents moved into a new, na- or new neighborhood. So the new neighborhood wasn't actually that far away from where they used to live, but I, there was, for some reason, Emily's family decided that they either had to or wanted to. Either way, they moved to a new neighborhood. It wasn't super far away from where they used to live, so Emily didn't really necessarily need to find a whole new friend group. She could very easily stay in touch as before they used to be neighbors, and now they're a 20-minute drive. So not a huge deal. But anyways, right, with a new house comes new neighbors, right? And uh, there was a neighbor next door who was the Karen, but we'll be getting to her pretty shortly. So anyways, Emily moves in and, you know, they're, you know, they, they have the moving truck and, you know, the mom and the dad and Emily are moving boxes into the house. And, uh, they, they notice that next door, there's a woman on her porch, just looking over with her hands on her hips and a very kind of like, where's the manager type movement? I mean, you'll see in a second, maybe she was super nice, but she really wasn't. And uh, she was just watching them the whole time. I mean, I understand like you're interested in like your new neighbors coming over, but uh, maybe watch them a little bit more secretly if you're just gonna watch them. And if you're gonna be so blatant about it, maybe go over and just introduce yourself. And I mean, she was kind of older, so I get that she wasn't offering to help because maybe she couldn't, but just like say hello. I don't know if you're just gonna be like staring at them creepily or not even, it wasn't even creepily staring. It was just like intensely staring. If you're going to be doing that, at least go over and introduce yourself for the love of God, please. But anyway, so Emily's noticing this and is like, you know, kind of looks over to her mom and says, oh, she looks fun. And her mom's like, Emily, like, come on now. We have to be nice to our new neighbors. And maybe she's this shy. Uh, turns out she was not shy, but you'll see this in a second. So anyways, 
Uh, Emily decides that, you know, about a week after they've moved in, the Karen next door has not introduced herself yet, but Emily is just kind of like standing outside. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she just got out of her car. Maybe she's just looking around. Maybe she's, I don't know, tending to the garden outside. For some reason, Emily is outside of the house. That's all you need to know. And uh, sure enough, you know, after about a week, the Karen, you know, she looks over and she sees movement kind of like in her peripheral and uh, she looks over and sure enough, the Karen is kind of like waddling towards her and Emily kind of like puts on a smile, has no like preconceptions of this woman besides like, oh, she was a little weird, like staring in or whatever, but just assumes that, you know, she's probably going to be nice because she's walking over. And so the woman walks over and she's like, hello. And Emily's like, hi, like, we just moved in. It's nice to meet you. And the Karen's like, sure, whatever. All I need you to, all I need you to know is that you can't be loud because, like, you know, I will call the cops if you're loud. And Emily's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I, cool. So Emily's like, yeah, don't worry. I, 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 I'm not loud, really. And she's, and the, the Karen's like, no big teenager parties, okay? I will call the cops. And, you know, Emily's like, you know, I, I, that's not really my scene anyways. Like, I might have a friend or two over, but we're not even loud. We'll watch a movie or something. But, yeah, don't worry. I, I'm not the neighbor you need to worry about for that. And the Karen looks at her and says, good, it better stay that way. And Emily's just thinking to herself as the Karen's waddling back to her house, like, damn, dude, like, really? Like, is that the way we're introducing ourselves? Look, I get it. I don't want neighbors that are going to be throwing insane ragers at three in the morning. Personally, me, and I'm 19. I'm not a Karen, so, like, I get it. I agree. But I'm not going to be going over to someone's house. No introduction, right? And just being like, you better not be having big rager parties or I will call the cops on you. Like, okay, man, like, cool. Like, don't shoot off fireworks at five in the morning into my, like, room from your house. Like, I get it. Like, okay. But anyways, uh, Emily kind of just brushed that off and was like, oh, well, my neighbor's kind of a grump, but whatever, man. Like, it's fine. We can have grumpy neighbors. It's not like I'm going to be spending an, an incredible amount of time in my house anyways. So about two weeks into moving in, so a week after the first Karen incident, which wasn't even really an incident. It was kind of the precursor to the movie. It was a little bit of, uh, little bit of lore to update you guys. But anyways, uh, Emily has her friend over, one singular friend. And this friend is not loud, not rambunctious. And the only way that the Karen knew that uh, Emily even had a friend over was that there was a new car in the driveway. So Emily and her friend, you know, they, you know, Emily's friend was looking around the house like, like, wow, Emily, this house is so cool. Like, this is awesome, whatever. Emily shows her a room like, wow, what? They, they do stuff, right? And uh, Emily and this friend are literally just watching a movie. It's not even playing that loud. It's like playing at normal volume in a room in the house with the TV when uh, they hear a knock on the door. And the thing is, right, Emily's parents were gone for the, for the night or whatever. They were just not there. So Emily was a little confused of who it would be because it was like 11 at night. So it's not like, I don't know. I don't know if you have like Jehovah's Witnesses go around knocking on doors. That happens to me but sometimes. But that happens in the middle of the day if I'm around, right? Um, but who would be knocking on the door this late at night? Because Emily's parents were gone. They weren't going to be back till the next day. And, but Emily just thought, all right, well, let me at least go down and see who it is just because, you know, someone knocked on our house. I, I should at least see who's on the, like, at the door. 
So Emily walks down, and her heart begins to race because she's seeing these, like, flashing blue and red lights outside of her house. So she's like, oh, my God, like, did something happen? Like, are my parents in the hospital or something? Or did, like, some terrible news? Or is there a burglar around and they think that he ran in here? Look, the police are outside, so Emily's very concerned. And so she opens the door, and she's like, hello, officer, like, how can I help? And the police officer's like, we got a report of a quote-unquote massive rager party going on over here. And Emily's like, sir, like, uh, no disrespect, but I I think you're at the wrong house. The police officer's like, yeah, well, I mean, this was the house that I was told, and I double-checked, but really doesn't look like you guys are doing anything here. Um, Do you have anyone over? And Emily's like, yeah, I have one friend. We've been quietly watching a movie. And the police officer's like, well, uh, someone in your neighborhood, because he doesn't want to give it away, I guess, but it's very clear who it was because uh, Emily looks kind of like beyond the police officer and sees the Karen, right, her neighbor, with the hands on the hips on her front porch looking over. And Emily's like, I knew it was you. And the police officer's like, somebody in the neighborhood. I don't think I'm allowed to say who reported that there was a massive party going on and that was super loud and it was a crazy rager and that I needed to come and shut it down. Um, This obviously does not look like it, but I guess like if you guys are being loud, maybe quiet down a little bit. Uh, Maybe the movie is kind of loud. And uh, the thing is, right, Emily like turns to the police officer and says, sir, like the movie's still going on right now. Like I didn't tell my friend to pause it and I can almost guarantee that this is as loud as it was. And they couldn't even hear anything because it was just like all the way up in like the second floor, kind of tucked away the TV room was, right? So it was just like the police officer's like, uh, well, um, I don't have to say, I guess this was kind of like a false report, but I guess just in general, be uh, aware of noise. And Emily's like, all right, well, I have been, but I will continue to be. And the police officer's like, all right, well, that's all I need to hear. And so the police officer gets up, starts walking away, and Emily is about to turn and close the door when she hear, she hears noise, and she kind of turns, and guess who it was? It was the Karen yelling out at the police officer, saying, why didn't you arrest her? She is throwing a rager party. Do you not see the car in the driveway? And, you know, the Karen points to the car that isn't normally there. The officer, because at this point, right, Emily's kind of, like, went back into her house, but she's kind of, like, kept the door open a crack so she can hear what's going on. The officer's like, ma'am, it's very clear that there's nothing going on in there. Like, please, like, don't make false 911 calls. Like, I'm going to let this one slide for now because I don't think this was done maliciously. But in the future, like, we will have, like, you'll start to receive penalties if you make calls for, like, the emergency services. And it is really just, like... It, it, it's basically, if you're wasting our time where there might be actual emergencies, you know, and we're here dealing with nonsense that isn't even happening, like, that's going to become a problem, but I'm letting you off the hook for this one. And she's like, that's insane. There is a party going on. The noise is so crazy. It's too much for me. The officer's like, ma'am, like, I got pretty good hearing, probably better than yours. A little bit of a roast there. And I can't hear anything coming out of that house. Like, uh, have a good night, ma'am. She's like, no, no. And at this point, uh, Emily is realizing that her neighbor is probably going to be a bit of a nuisance, a little more than she expected. So Emily walks back upstairs, and sure enough, her friend is still watching the movie because she was told just to, like, keep watching the movie. And the friend's like, oh, who was it? So Emily sits down and explains to the friend, like, what happened. She's like, dude, that's insane. We've been so quiet. 
like we've literally made no noise. And Emily's like, yeah, that's probably what the police officer was like saying that like the Karen was basically made a false call because he came in and he he realized that there was no correct call. Right. And uh, you might be thinking, oh, well, this is the climax of the story. No, 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 no. The Karen, uh, the title is Karen loses it in public or whatever. The Karen is about to have an actual crazy meltdown over the smallest thing ever. And you're about to see. Real quick though, comment Karen down below if you want to harden your comment, because that is the secret word of the day. And also, if you want to help us get closer to 600,000 subscribers, uh, binge watch the videos to sit down while you're doing, I don't know, playing games, artwork, cleaning your room, going to sleep, literally whatever, and just binge watch a bunch of videos. There's some playlists, just put on autoplay, whatever you got to do, and comment down below when you do that so I can say thank you, because it really does help. Anyways, back to the story. Because the Karen gets even worse, dude. I know it's hard to imagine, but she does. So two weeks after the uh, party rager incident, um, uh, which basically is like four weeks after uh, Emily moved in, so about a month into moving in, Emily was just noticing that her internet speeds were just, they were just not very good. Like, the, like for some reason, like even trying to do simple stuff, like it was just very slow. And so Emily would unplug and then replug the router and you know that's normally a good fix she and and then eventually you know she was talking to her parents who also were like yeah things are a little slow and we don't know totally why we got a pretty fast plan and so sure enough they call up verizon at&t i don't know whoever right and they're saying like well uh, there's a lot of like use on your network like i mean it's just you're gonna have slower internet when you have so many people using it and uh at this point like they're like oh well so many people and uh, the internet provider's like, yeah, you got, like, says a number that's larger than the family, right? So they're like, oh, well, uh, I, I don't, like, that's weird. That's more people than we have. <coughs> oh, sorry, my voice just exploded. One like equals one prayer, please. Anyways, the internet provider's like, oh, well, if that's more people than you actually have, you should consider just changing your password because maybe there's some people who got into your password or are using your Wi-Fi without you even knowing. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, you know, Emily's mom was like, oh, well, we didn't even set up a password. And the person's like, you don't have a password? And Emily's mom's like, yeah, it was too hard to, for it, like, remember. And then the guy's like, well, that probably explains why your inter internet's so slow. So sure enough, they decide to actually set up a password on the internet. I didn't even know you could have internet without a password, but actually, no, I I've been in places where that's true. So anyways, a password goes up. And, uh, you know, Emily immediately goes outside to just water the gardens because, like, whatever, right? And her parents go out to go grocery shopping, and her dad's out. So it's really only Emily left, and Emily's outside watering the gardens. And that's when she hears the door open of her Karen neighbor. And Emily in her head is like, please, just be going somewhere. Please, just be going somewhere. Please, just be going somewhere. Don't. I really hope you didn't notice that I was outside and you want to talk to me for some reason because I... Do not want to talk to you, crazy lady who lives next to me. Okay, you know, normally you should be nice to your neighbors, but uh, uh, her her neighbors were not nice to her, bro. I mean, you were listening to this story. I don't I don't blame her on this one. But sure enough, the Karen comes out, and Emily looks up a little bit and sees that like smoke was coming out of the Karen's ears. Like she was like visibly very very angry. So the Karen is like what walks out, bum, 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 kind of thuds out there, and it's like, you, you're behind this. And Emily's just so taken off guard, she's like, uh, b behind, behind what? And she's like, you know what you did. You know what you did. And Emily's like, ma'am, please, 
I, you got to communicate with words. Like, no more huffing and puffing. No more, like, bumbling. Or, what? Why? What? What? Emily was kind of upset at this point. And Karen's like, you added a password to the Wi-Fi. Now how am I supposed to watch TV or browse the internet? And at this point, Emily was like, so it was you bogging down our internet connection. But Emily actually said, well, ma'am, like, it's not, it's not your internet. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry we added a password to our own internet. Like, maybe you should buy your own. And she's like, that's ridiculous. The fact that I have to deal with you and your rager parties and the worthless police won't even come and shut them down. The, the, the last, the only thing that was keeping me from... Be- suing you guys was the payment of your internet and now you stole that from me and at this point right you know emily's like whoa 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 first of all a thousand things wrong with that statement first i don't throw rager parties second of all sue us for literally what third of all the police came and decided that you know noticed that there was nothing wrong and that you were calling them and wasting their time fourth of all payment payment and wi-fi and then fifth of all you we you we stole we i stole i personally stole my wi-fi my wi-fi from you who was stealing it for like pot bro come come on now and the karen is like still super angry and because emily just that's what she was thinking she didn't actually say out loud like you're an idiot or anything she's like well ma'am like you should just buy your like we just we added a, a, a password to protect our wi-fi it's dangerous not to do that, especially with personal networks. You have to understand, uh, we can, like, I can tell you what service provider we were using so then you can buy it yourself. And, right, the, the Karen is still so mad. And the Karen just starts making rage noises. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Emily's like, ma'am, are you okay? Do you need, like, 911 emergency services to come and help you? And the Karen's like, no, you need 911 emergency services because you suck. And Emily's like, what? That doesn't even make sense. And the Karen's like, this is the last straw. This is the last straw. This is the straw that broke the camel's back and you will suffer the consequences of doing so. Emily's like, suffer the consequences of putting a password on my Wi-Fi. And she's like, that plus all the ragers. And she's like, that one time I had a friend over to watch a movie, which you couldn't even hear. Yes, and other things. Other things such as, shut up and listen to me. Emily's like, okay. And the Karen's just like, you messed up now. You messed up now. And Emily's kind of just thinking to herself like, what? And Emily says, uh, ma'am, like, I, I don't think there's anything left in this conversation. So the Karen doesn't, okay. I was about to say she sprints inside, but she power waddles inside, let's be real. And then, so she's power, w- <laughs> power waddle. She's power waddling inside. And Emily's like, oh, well, I guess she just rage quit IRL. I'll just go back to watering my plants. So Emily goes back to watering the plants. And that's when, you know, 20 minutes later, she hears police sirens. And she's just thinking to herself, you got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way. And the Karen power waddles out of the house and is like, there she is. There she is, officer. This woman is attacking me. And the officers are like, uh, okay. Like, two of them walk out. And one of them was the one that showed up last time. So he was already very suspicious. And he's like, all right, well, what happened here? And Emily says, uh, what do you mean? And the officer's like, we got a emergency call that you had to come here because there was like some kind of distress you were causing this woman. And you, it, it, we, we, we were called in. 
and you know the Karen starts power waddling over as well, and she's like, "Yes, arrest her! Arrest her now! Arrest her! Full force of the law! Immediately!" And Emily's just like, "Officers, like I was just watering my gardens. Like I literally have done nothing wrong." The Karen's like, "Lies! Lies! You lie! You liar! You're full of lies!" And you know Emily's like, "All right, well then, what did I do?" And the Karen's like, "Emotional distress." She added a password to her Wi-Fi so I can no longer calm down with a relaxing Netflix or Hulu binge, and I can't go on YouTube to watch, uh, I don't know, uh, all the late-night show clips I normally watch. The emotional distress is too much. The officer, like, the first one's, like, kind of turns over, like, huh? But the one that's been here before is like, ma'am, you do remember when I told you before that abusive, like, 911 calling is, like, very serious. Like, you can't be doing that. And I already gave you a warning. And this is very clearly even more absurd than the last one. And the Karen's like, well, well, arrest her. And Emily's just kind of, she's just chilling. She just like continues to water a garden. She's like, all right, officers, if you need anything else from me, let me know. And the officers are like, no, sorry for bothering you. And the Karen's like, what, what? And they turn to the Karen. And the officer who's been here twice already turns to her and is like, ma'am, I already gave you a warning. Now I'm going to have to give you a penalty. Like, I'm going to have to have your first and last name. And the Karen's like, no, and power waddles into the house. And so they turn back to Emily and they're like, do you know this woman's name? And she's like, no. Emily's like, yeah, the only time she came up to introduce herself, she didn't say her name. She just threatened to call the cops on me. And they're like, oh, boy, okay. And then so they go over. They get, like, the Karen's, like, for one cop is, like, knocking on the door, like, ma'am. Ma'am, you can't be doing this, ma'am. And she's like, arrest her. Arrest my neighbor. She sucks. And then the other officer is like going over, grabs the license plate number. It's like, all right, well, we'll run this through the system and we'll get her name. We'll send her a fine or whatever. And uh, sure enough, the cops leave. And, uh, you know, Emily, this happened like all pretty recently. But ever since this incident, Emily's only seen like the like the Karen once or twice walk out to go. But she makes no eye contact with Emily or anything. And Emily's had more friends over since. And since it's never been a big deal, I mean, the Karen just has not called the cops again because presumably she received a fine or something. And uh, yeah, submit stories on my Instagram like Emily did if you want to have your stories featured on here. And uh, yeah.